That's a good movie. You know what? He he also played the famous movie The Man Who Came to Dinner. Famous movie was Keeper by the Desert. Yep, yep, yep. That was good. Keeper by the Desert. That was a good movie. Okay, but, guys, I've got George Shearing here. What am I looking for? When did he pass away? Oh. I haven't heard it. Well, I think he passed away, and I haven't heard it when uh, he did. February 14th, 2011. This year? Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. Just a couple of months wow. ago. Wow. <clears throat> he was 90. What a great musician. What a great... I got to meet him in person. What a nice individual. He was... Um, my friend Burl Davis, who was the last year for Grimmel, when she was 13 years old, she... Joy Shearing and I'm trying to think of the famous jazz violinist, would hit... In 39, would be on the road in Paris, France, putting on little jazz combos. A jazz violinist? Yes. How Benuti. interesting. Um, I'm trying to think. He's famous. Really? Oh, man. Maybe if you Google, um, Google George Shearing 1930. I will just put in, hold on, yeah. jazz violinist. That one's got to be <laughs> an unusual. <clears throat> yeah, it, it was unusual to hear jazz violinist. But, but there were, yeah, there were several, I guess. That, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, almost came up. Ring? Anger, Anthony, Asmussen, Basic, Bernie, Carter, Clark, Coin, Crouch, Da Costa, Damon, or Damian, um, DeSeo, Dickerson. Where's Joe Venuti? Yeah, <laughs> Joe Venuti. Try to enjoy sharing uh, 1930s, Patricia. See that it, it might come up. Ringo, Ringo, Stein, Ringo. Steinhardt, um, um, it's starting to come. Re Reinhardt. He was a famous, I think, jazz violin from Paris. Ringo Reinhardt, or something like that. And Ringo Reinhardt. Then maybe that's it. Alice and it's Gerald George sharing, um, Django, D J A N G O. Django Reinhardt? That's it. Good. You're good. I'm good for fine. You're terrific. But <laughs> that's what I mean. Here, Bill Davis at age 13 will be on the road with a, uh, with a blind pianist and uh, performing in the heart of World War II. Wow. Pretty amazing. Well, anyway. Well, oh, well. you know, I think I, I've, I've tied this long enough, but, did, but I, 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 I just... I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just a fun hobby. Old-time radio is a fun hobby because you meet nice people along the way. And and it's been a tradition from the time that I started to collect it. I've always met nice people. You know. Okay, there's a good question for you. When did you start collecting old-time radio? I know you remember listening to it. When did you... Oh, I started to collect... Um, old-time radio shows in the early 70s. Yeah, from about 1970. And that's when I found out that people were... We had catalogs. <laughs> we used to make catalogs of shows that we could get. Mm -hmm. um, and we used to ra trade real-to-real -real tapes. <laughs> you know? yep. and, that's how, 
Yeah, I got, I got to meet Pat McCoy. You remember, you remember Pat McCoy? Yeah, I, I remember dealing with him, buying some stuff from him about 20 years ago. Yeah, he was into old time. Yeah. He sold real-to-real stuff. I got to meet him. And a good friend of mine, Roger Hill, who who was a very avid collector, um, introduced me to all these different names like Chuck Shaden and and Frank, uh, not Frank Brzee, um, Calamari and all these other different people. And mm-hmm. yeah, that, you know, and it just grew. Then I, then I, I stopped for a while. I got too busy in my entertainment field. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then when the computer thing came out, I um, somehow was told about, they got some website with old radio shows on them. I said, oh my gosh. And then um, I got started all over again, you know. So the hobby keeps on going, and I get to meet nice people like you and Patricia, who I never expected to meet. I never ever thought I'd be talking on a talk show on a Saturday night <laughs> about old old time radio, you know. And it's fascinating, yeah. but I'm impressed that a young person who's 78 years old, like Patricia, would still be, you know, would be interested in old radio shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, they're so much better than anything that's that's available. It's just wonderful entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, with that said, um, we'll keep on listening, and one day we'll really know how old Patricia is, we'll trick her, but she'll tell us what year she graduated from high school, and we'll figure it out, but she... So far, has avoided all these questions. So I'm getting so, good at it. You're teaching me. She she tiptoeing through the tulips. <laughs> yes. I, who was the guy that sang that? Um, oh. Tim. Tiptoe through the tulips. Oh. Meet him. Oh, what was his name? Yeah, Tiny Tim, Tiny Tim had it in the in the 60s, and I'm trying to think of the guys who had it back in the 30s. Oh, oh. I got, I got to meet Tiny Tim. Did you? And I got to interview him, uh, and then, um, yeah, because in Hawaii, I had, for a whole year, I had a show on a small radio station called Reminiscing with Ron. I remember that. Started, yeah. That. And, and I got to meet Anita Gordon, um, who uh-huh. lived in Hawaii for a while. Yep. She sang on a Charlie McCarthy show. Well, also, you know, you know what else she's best known for? Yeah. You know? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep, that's right. It's, um, let's, let's, Lindo. Uh, let's see here. It'd be this one here, folks. Am, am I good? Let's see yeah, if we you're can. good. Here we go. Here we go. I, let's see if we got. Come on, we can do better than that. Here we go.
cutie. What's your name? Fresh. I don't talk to strangers. Oh, I'm no stranger. Been waiting every evening for you to walk by. Well, keep waiting. I'm still walking. Oh, what's your name? None of your business. Pretty name. But I'll just call you Linda. Well, how did you guess? When I go to sleep, I never count sheep. I count all the charms about Linda. And lately it seems in all of my dreams I walk with my arms about Linda. But what good does it do me? For Linda doesn't know I exist. Can't help feeling gloomy. Think of all the loving I have missed. We pass on the street. My heart skips a beat. I say to myself, hello, Linda. If only she'd smile, I'd stop her a while. And then I would get to know Linda. But miracles still happen. And when my lucky star begins to shine With one lucky break I'll make Linda mine And I got a trivia question for you, Ron Go ahead what, Who was the orchestra leader of that song? I'll give you a clue. Ray Noble. Oh, you're good! You are good, Ron. You're absolutely right. What, the singer was Buddy Clark? Was it Buddy Clark? Yeah, that was Buddy Clark, yeah. Ray Noble and Anita Gordon. Yeah. Yep, yep. Anita Gordon was the singer on Charlie McCarthy, and they were the band leader of Charlie McCarthy. Boy, that's a keeper. Oh, I know. You got it good. <laughs> that's a good song, and that's a keeper. Yeah, well, yeah, Nina Gordon, yeah, she's a, well, when I talked to her, she was very, very outgoing, very nice. And, and you have any air checks of your interviews? I, I, you know, I lost them. I had them on tape. Oh. My tape got ruined. Oh. But that was a good show. And we played, um, we played, um, <clears throat> we played, uh, that night we played Charlie McCarthy when they did uh, Walt Disney. Uh, fun and fancy free or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and, oh, she was so good. Yeah. Or Nina Gordon. Yeah. Well, anyway, enough. Well, we'll talk to you guys later. All right. And, uh, and you guys keep up the good work, and I'll, Patricia, I'll check that website out. Uh, you too? Thank you. So, aloha. Aloha. Aloha, Ron. There we go. 714-545-2071. And we are here. Hope everybody's doing well here on a Saturday night. 714-545-2071. What if we lost Patricia? Hello, let's see here. Hello there, you're on the air. Hello, Walden. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Jim. Hi, Jim. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. Quiet evening tonight. The weather's not too bad. It was a little cool today, but it's, it beats being hot. 
<laughs> it beats being hot. Yeah, we we had some pretty brutal stuff this week. But it was, it was an, it's been a nice day. I uh, just joined you just a few minutes ago. I joined you as you were talking about the movies and the quality of movies today. And I've speculated with friends of mine about this, and I get, maybe Walden and I talked about this once. You know, movies, shows, if they did a Lux Radio Theater today, say they ever decide to, to bring it back with modern movies, I think they'd have a lot of difficulty in part because so many of these movies, first of all, are geared with special effects. Mm-hmm. Dialogue is almost secondary in most movies today. Agreed. At least many of them. I, I agree. And it's the special effects that seem to be... Um, supporting the rest of the movie. The only movies that seem to succeed in dialogue, if you have, if you have, say, a courtroom drama where there aren't a lot of special effects, mm-hmm. or maybe a uh, well, there aren't even that many musicals now that come out on screen. Nope, I can't remember the last one I I saw advertised. I th- well, one I know in the '80s, a chorus line was out the late 80s, I think, mid to late 80s. Uh-huh. And I don't think, oh, I guess there was, didn't the movie Chicago, wasn't that a musical a few years ago? Yes. How many years ago? Well, in the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. That's a lot of years ago. Yeah, I don't think anything in this decade or in the last 10 years, I can't think of a musical. Unless some of the Disney movies, perhaps. Does a Disney movie uh, count as a musical? Well, I'm, well, let's see. Lion King. I mean, was that? Fantasia. Oh, yeah, that was a music. And, and by the way, I'm reading a book now on the history of Muzak. Oh. And uh, what's interesting about it is when Leopold Stokowski made that movie, there were music critics that said by making that music into a, into a uh, Disney movie, it ruined good, the reputation of good music forever. There were some snobs and critics that thought that, you know, good music should not be used for, like, cartoons. Really? Yeah. Well, you talk about, I mean, what a wonderful opportunity to introduce kids to something that they're not getting at home as a rule. I know. And I, it's like, they're it's not- like they, you, once, I remember reading once years ago that a, a tr- someone, some snide person made a remark that an intellectual is somebody who hears the William Tell overture and doesn't think of the Lone Ranger. Right. That was Dan Rather who did that, and I think he probably wasn't the first one who said that. But, you know, I have to confess to you, I guess I'll never be an intellectual because I, whenever I hear that music, I never think of Switzerland and the opera. No, how could you? Yeah. How could you? I mean, that, that's, an, that's a tattoo on the brain, for goodness sakes. No, and, and, or, and when, I hear, uh, when I hear The Love for Free Oranges by Prokofiev, I automatically think of the FBI and Peace and War. Uh-huh. When I hear the flight of the bumblebee, I automatically think of the Green Hornet. Uh-huh. And uh, let's see. When you hear On the Trail by Fruity Grofay from the Grand Canyon Suite, I still think of Call for Philip Morris. And Challenge of the Yukon? Uh, that's called the Donna Deanna Overture. Now, I'm not sure where that was used. Wasn't that an opera? I don't know. I don't know the origin of it, but I knew the name. I'm so proud of myself. And, you know, I've heard the whole thing, and the, 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 the size and present part right in the middle. 
of that thing. Mm-hmm. It's not at the beginning or anything. No. Oh, the overtures and the, the, the pieces in the middle of the opera? Uh-huh. Well, no, the, the, the score, the piece that we know the song from... It's in the middle? It's in the middle. The, that the, won't make that... The repeat so, from the... Because the overture is in the beginning. I know, but somehow the base of it, when I've listened to it, I think mostly in the middle part of that song. Well, Terry I mean, Solomon told, Solomonson told me once that you, William, William Tell was such a long opera, you rarely hear it performed, because it was a very long opera. Hmm. William Tell was an opera? Yeah, by Rossini. Of course it was. Yeah, it was an opera. I'm always accustomed to listening to the Boston Pops do it. Yeah. Well, they, were, they, they did a lot to educate people on good music, the Boston Pops. Uh-huh. And so did Eric Consul, the man who conducted the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra. You heard a lot of classical music there, and he, uh, he wrote a book about classical music that was very good a few years ago called Now Listen to the Music, where he took the history of some of the most popular music pieces that you hear and describe the history of them and what the highlights of those pieces were. I don't know if it's still in print, but you might want to look for that book. It's called Now Listen to the Music by Eric Consul, the late Eric Consul. Mm-hmm. It's a book I think you'd enjoy if anyone that appreciates the history of classical music. One thing nice about a lot of movies is their musical scores. You know, maybe the stories aren't very good in some cases, but sometimes the musical scores can make up for a lot of, you know, can make make a, make a movie. You're right. And do you go to many movies these days, or do you find it difficult to enjoy them? Because I heard you talk about the bad language earlier, but other than that, that and other things, are, there, are a lot of movies just difficult to enjoy today? I I haven't been to a movie since I was, I can't even remember. It's been a long time. She was high, as high as the knee of a grasshopper. <laughs> high to a grasshopper? Yeah. What do you, do you rent, do you wait till they come out on DVD to rent certain ones, or? I don't watch movies. Very rarely will I watch a movie even on television. I'm, I'm stuck on things like the Pink Panther. I will go to one of the internet sites periodically, or... On a DVD, once in a while, I'll get, um, you know, short movies on a DVD. I'll give you a clue about Patricia's liking movies. Okay. Yeah. What? You're going to give away secrets. Well, it's a nice secret, though. What? Patricia loved The Thin Man. That's her... <gasps> Oh, she adored Well, that was, that was a good one. Yeah, that was she, a good she one. You're right. Merle Loy and Merle yeah. That's what Patricia likes. And Charlie Chan. Yeah. Vincent Price. Yeah. And Mr. Moto. I love Mr. Moto. Yeah. yeah. all the old black and white ones. Yep. Do you enjoy the, do you enjoy the, like, the Lux Radio Theater adaptations of movies pretty much? No. You don't? I, I say no. Um, it, it's a case of there's so much to listen to. And I have to make a choice, and I tend to lean toward the the fun and the make believe things, like the detectives and the comedies. Right. But I don't unenjoy. It's not that I don't enjoy them. I just don't pick them very often. It's just not high on a priority list at the time. Right. I should because I listen to them periodically, and I scold myself and say, "How come you haven't gone back and listened to these? Because they're so well done." You know what I think partly is. 
We're, we're doing an hour, and a lot of times you know, well, may not have an Patricia, hour to listen. Patricia's just a little, little kid in a hobby. She's getting, trying to get all, the, all her favorite stuff out of the way first. <laughs> right, well, I'm kind of like that myself. I have my favorites, and, and I admit... I, 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 there's a lot of things I have not listened to that, that are that are considered classics by many people. Okay, that's an interesting question for Jim. What have you not listened to yet? Well, let's see. I have not heard, of course, I've heard some of Norman Corwin's things, like on a note of triumph, yeah. 14 August, uh, the uh, We Hold These Truths, mm -hmm. but I haven't, like, listened to 26 by Corwin yet. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm not saying that it's not good or anything, it's just one of those things... I haven't listened to yet. Mm -hmm. uh, what would another example be? Uh, I've never listened to all of the Mercury theaters. I've mm -hmm. had certain favorites, certain stories that I have heard adaptations of that I have enjoyed, like the Count of Monte Cristo, for example, and the one about the one Walden played about Abraham Lincoln was very good. Yeah. But I haven't heard all of them by any means. Mm -hmm. You know, when I got introduced to a lot of them, it was actually uh, when Orson Welles passed away in the mid-80s. Uh, Campbell Playhouse. Campbell actually sponsored a rebroadcast. I remember that. Of the Campbell, and it had Helen Hayes at the commercial spokesperson. person. I know Kay, Kay Don in Las Vegas carried yeah, that. Yeah, Sunday morning at 6 in the morning. Right. And local station, and I, that's how come I really fell you know, really got introduced to a lot of those because I didn't know where a lot of those were even available. Uh, when we first got into the hobby, Treasure Island was on LP, Wars of the Worlds on LP, Dracula and, and you heard Dracula, and that was about it. And I think Sherlock Holmes, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so over the last, thanks to the hobby and the internet, I've been exposed and listened to, I don't know, the remaining 50 or 60 of them. It's, uh, uh Amazing. Yeah. One of the things for me, Jim, that comes into play, and we've talked about this, I think it, it was actually you and Walden and I were the three who talked about it. I avoid shows like Dragnet. I'll listen to them occasionally, but they make my brain work, and I can see that in the headlines. Right. With so many of the Mercury Theater, the, the Campbell Playhouse, um, Lux Box Radio Theater, they're... I don't want to say they make you work, but there's a serious tone where it's not as much entertainment for me as it is serious commitment. In other words, you can be more, you can be, you, well, with just, just compare detectives. You can be entertained. We've laughed about the charm and yet the campiness of Mr. Keene, for example. Yes. You can be entertained by a Mr. Keene because you know what's going to happen. You know, you know sort of what's going to be said and all of that stuff. And you don't have to really, you don't really have to have your head in gear. There you go. To enjoy a Mr. Keene. That's a great way of putting it. I have to engage my head. And it actually is work when you listen to a serious play and a movie adaptation. It's a lot more work than I want to put into my entertainment. How about some of, say, the Lux comedies? Like if you hear, oh, I'm thinking of some of the, uh, like, say, the, the, the movies that Fibber McGee and Molly made, let's say. Mm -hmm. The um, Heavenly Days. and Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can do them. Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, the other thing is so many of the um, programs you have to... Um, 
like I said, you, you have to really have your concentration open. And if, if other things are going on and people are talking or you get phone calls or something, you have to sort of stop the thing and start over again. We're on some of the lighter shows. You don't necessarily, you can stop it and start it and you really haven't missed that much. You have not felt like you've missed anything and the continuity is disrupted. I have the additional challenge at times of having the attention span of a gnat. So I look like a tumbleweed when I go through the house, you know, just bumping off walls and, you know, say, oh, I forgot to do this. Or, you know, while I'm out in the kitchen, I had a destination, but I didn't get there. So, And the same thing translates to listening to shows and watching television and watching movies. On the movies, as you pointed out on DVD, they're available. I go to Hulu every once in a while, H-U-L-U.com, and you'll get some of your favorite television shows up there, and occasionally you'll get some old movies as well. That's fine, because I can shut them off, disappear for 15 minutes, and come back and, and not have to sit and get antsy. Well, the other problem you have is in the movie theaters, and near the end of my mother's life, we would go to movies, and she was increasingly frustrated when she would go to movies because the sound was so loud in the theaters. Oh, dear me, yes. And it's um, it's a challenge. You know, I know they, I guess it was that Dolby sound or whatever sound system they use, but the sound is just enormously loud. It makes my hair hurt. Loud sounds, and I don't get along very well. And so we uh, we would always sit in the back of the theater where she could describe things to me. But even then, the sound was just very loud. Where you're at home, you know, you can you can control your volume. And the other thing is, unless a movie is really bad, once you've paid for it, <laughs> don't feel like you can walk out of the movie. That's right. The middle. If you paid seven dollars or ten dollars for a ticket or two. Right. It's like eating half a steak and saying it's not really. Oh, well, I'll tell you a cute. I'll tell you a cute story. Um, uh, my friend Kerry, who um, she got me to MBA school, she was my tutor or my my right hand, and she and I would go to the movies. Well, this was about ten years ago. There was a uh, a movie that a gentleman who speaks nothing but French, and I think it was based upon the, uh, um, the Jewish concentration camps. And so we went to the movies, huh? and we got in, and we really didn't real. Ten minutes in the movie, we realized it was going to all be in French and with English subtitles. Oh, my gosh. So she said, Walden, she picked, she grabbed me, she said, we're getting out of here. We walked to the manager, and she said, he's blind, can we have a refund? They gave us a refund, and we went home. Well, that was nice. <laughs> because, after all, uh, it would be a monumental, you know, and that movie that, uh, the movie, the, the, the biblical movie that, uh, uh, what you said that Mel Gibson made a few years ago. Yeah, the uh, the, the last him. No, not the last him. No, right, the, not, right. When I don't mean that. When I mean uh, the, on the, on the, on the crucifixion of yeah, of the pa the passion, the passion. Yeah. Yeah, that was all I understand in Aramaic. Right. So right. it would be very it would be very difficult to to describe that. Right, and it would have you'd almost have to have somebody doing it at home with you. Yeah, and, and, and for some people that thing was so realistic it would be awful hard for people yeah, to yeah. to go through that. It was yeah. clearly a visual. You could turn off the sound on that one yeah. and follow it. Yeah. Whereas you need the other way around. Mm -hmm. And it's not the kind of movie like I was talking to my minister when that came out, I said it's not exactly the kind of movie you would go and have popcorn and a coke. No way. Oh. 
Yeah, I meant that half. I meant that seriously, you know. Oh, and but, but but it was and the point was it wasn't Aramaic, mm -hmm. which I guess made it authentic. I know a lot of people like a lot of people like the foreign films because they say they're very artistic. But if you have to, unless someone can uh, translate them, you know, they're very hard to, uh, yeah. to to follow. The worst movie I ever saw, the, my worst movie experience was in 1967. We. We, my parents, my mom and my brother and sister and I went to a movie, and it may have been a great picture, but from an, I'm going by from an audio standpoint. It was a movie that Raquel Welch was in called One Million Years B.C., and it had to do with, uh, you know, cave people. And there were a lot of uggs and oogs and ogs in this movie. <laughs> they wouldn't be talking, of course, in modern 20th century English. Yeah, right. But it was a lot of oogs and ogs. And of course, birds chasing the people, and Raquel Welch was carried off by a mother bird, but one of the cavemen saved her, and all of that. And but it was just, from a sound point, it was just awful. It was just awful. But uh, that happens occasionally, I know, when you yeah. you see a movie. Certainly didn't meet your needs, did it? Right. Well, that, well, I can't. You know, I have to understand that. You know, a lot of them. Some do. Some don't. Some are better than others. In the last 10 years, I'm trying to think of the last, the last movie, the last theatrical movie I saw, and we saw it on VCR, our DVD, was uh, Precious, about this young black girl and the problem she was having with her mother. It, was, it won a lot of Oscar acclaim last year. Very depressing film, but the acting was good. And uh, before that, I can't think of the last picture that I, I, I did see the remake of The Count of Monte Cristo a few years ago. That was pretty good. But uh, most, uh, I haven't seen The Green Hornet. I've, uh, the Digest and everybody has mixed views on it. So I don't, uh, and of course, someone said if you approach it remembering that it's not the radio show, then you have to judge it that way. You can't really judge it by the radio show. Because it's a totally different thing. And I've read that comment repeatedly. I have mixed feelings about that comment, that we've got a, a movie based on a radio character that we're supposed to forget and ignore while we're watching the movie. Because if you, if you go to that movie expecting and remembering the like, for example, I saw The Shadow with my mom when it was out in the uh, 90s, the one with Alec Baldwin. Huh? The only thing I remember about the movie was him saying, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men. That's about all I remember about the film. And, and there you go. Now, it, for me, the question becomes, if you're not going to represent character, why bother to name him the Green Hornet? Right. Well, I understand they're making a new movie about the Lone Ranger. Yes, we were talking about that earlier tonight. And if it, if it's anything like the last time they tried to do the Lone Ranger, I think they'd better think the last time it was just a total disaster when they tried to put it on the screen in '81. Um, I'm, I don't. I, Walden had some information about it that a really good actor Johnny Depp is going to be playing Tonto, and Walden said that it will be presented from Walden from probably uh, <laughs> Walden's point of view, no, from Tonto's point of view. Well, that'll be quite a different thing. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. I hope they can pull it off because it, it really would be something new without challenging or, or eroding the historic integrity of the figure. 
Well, when the, in the 81 movie, one thing that was, me- there were two things that were memorable about it. Merle Haggard sang throughout the film. Uh, the other thing that was memorable was Fred Foy did announce it. Ah. You did get to hear Fred Foy at the end uh-huh. with this famous opening. But the only thing was, they made one change. He said, with his faithful companion, Tano, they dropped the word Indian. Oh, give me a... That also goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, we're, we're just so based in politically correctness today that we're destroying part of our history and our past. That's what they... I mean... I, you know, and Fred, Fred, Fred did a great job as always, but it's, it was just so weird hearing it without those famous, without that, with that word being dropped. Yeah, and it's, it's, it even broke the rhythm of the sentence. How terrible! Oh, I'm so crushed. Thank you for crushing me, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, you know, it was one of those again. It was, uh, and it was, uh, J- uh, Jason Robarts gave a good performance as, performance as President Grant in the film. Uh huh. But other than that, it, was, it wasn't, and I saw it on TV. I didn't see it on in the theaters when it was out. It was on TV. Does it make you feel better that you didn't pay movie uh, money to see it? No, I didn't. Uh, it should make it got, well, a lot. There was a lot of animosity at the time because of the way the company made Clayton Moore take off his mask. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. And we were, it's, this is really interesting because we were talking about that a little bit ago as well. And what a, a gentleman he was. There's a, a clip on YouTube. I will find it and send the link to anyone who wants it. It's such a wonderful story about Clayton Moore and how he carried the role of the Lone Ranger or the of the lone, persona of the Lone Ranger over into his personal life. It is just funny and touching. So I will find it and um, send the link out to anybody who wants it. Well, he wrote an autobiography too that was very and it was excellent called I Was That Mask Man. Uh huh. And it was very fascinating to read the book and uh, talking all about being the Lone Ranger and uh, how he how he represented you know good values to children, to families and children and the like. And it was a very well very well done. Leonard Maltin even wrote the introduction to it. That sounds wonderful. Well, as, as I recall the story that I'm going to send the link out, it, it touches on how you're talking about him in the book. I hope I don't wreck it for anybody, but he was, he was being driven somewhere where he had made, this is Clayton Moore, where he had made an appearance as the Lone Ranger. And they were stopped for some reason. A police officer stopped them, and there was some question about what was happening. And Clayton Moore put on his mask and got out of the car and stood there as the Lone Ranger and talked to the police officer as the Lone Ranger. And it was just such a charming story. <laughs> uh, it, and I, I can't possibly tell it as well as the person who was there. So That's, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he, just, he was in perfect character and just flattened the, the police officer who couldn't believe he was standing in front of the Lone Ranger. So I will, I will find it and uh, send it out. I'll, I'll send you the link. That reminds me of another funny story. Uh, the late Bob Crane was once a guest on Art Linkletter's house party just after he started playing Hogan on Hogan's Heroes, and he was talking uh-huh. to Art Linkletter about how one day he was stopped by the police for speeding because he was late, I guess, getting to his radio job at KNX, and he says, the police are talking to him, he says, I have to be there, I'm on the radio. 
and the policeman said something to the effect, well, right now you're under questioning, you're speeding, or something like that. In other words, being on the radio, he joked, being on the radio meant nothing to the policeman. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. They all have uh, good senses of humor for the most part. Well, well, yeah, I remember hearing, I heard once, and I don't remember the whole story, but it seems like that Alex Trevac was having some kind of trouble with airline security or, or, or ID or something. And Alex Trevec said to the person, don't you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what the person's reply was, but it actually made the news when he said, don't you know who I am? Know who I am. Well, you know, that, that's, I don't want to comment on that. It always strikes me as a little bit arrogant when people pull that, that kind of stuff. But <laughs> if I were in a pickle, I would pull anything. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you, you know, you, if you're in a hurry and you want to get going, I guess, I guess you think if you're famous, you, 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 I guess it's just human nature to think that you'll have a little priority, perhaps. Oh, that reminds me of one other story I heard once. This was funny to me. There was a man who was making reservations at a hotel in New York, and I don't remember where I heard the story, but he was making reservations at a hotel in New York, and they said, we're, we're really over books, but if you can leave your name and maybe we can call you if there's a room available. And the man said, Elton John. <laughs> and so the, 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 the person at the hotel desk said, oh, Mr. John, sure, sure, I'll be glad. And he was on, this was a phone conversation. He said, oh, Mr. John, sure, 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 we'll, we'll gladly arrange it, we'll arrange it. And he left the number and then he calls, he calls back and we, we have a room for you, Mr. John, and, and he goes there. The thing was, he was another man named Elton John, not the singer at all. Uh, I'm... But the clerk at the at the hotel, when he heard the name Elton John, was just so impressed. Well, I can't let this guy. We can't not let him come to our hotel. Well, of course. <laughs> yes. You know, gee, Willikers. Well, if you weren't with us tonight until later, then you missed the big questions that are going to earn extra brownie points and gold stars. Okay. I know I'm talking to the right person. If anybody has this stuff, I know you do. Are you ready for the first one? We'll try. First one is, how many puppies did Daisy have? You are so awful. I think I even know the answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I know what show he was on. I would have to go check. Uh, three. I, I know it was a huge number. I'm thinking 11. I'll say 12. I, I, I don't know. I'll have to go look. I really uh, do. What was it, Walt? Pardon? I don't know. I'll just do it out there. Just, I oh, just want to ask the traditional Blondie question. Yeah, I was just giving you a weekly Blondie question. I just had to sneak it in. But. Okay. Well, then you didn't even know for sure that Daisy had puppies. That's right. Okay. I just stuck it in. <laughs> I just stuck oh, it in. We, got, we both got nailed, Jim. Okay. All right. What was Chief Gates in, in the Great Gildersleeve? What was Chief Gates' first name? Oh, gosh. We even talked about this one during the year. Uh, you know, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Oh, don't be sorry. Nobody else remembered it either. But one night you're going to call in and say, I woke up in the middle of the night and I remember the name. I'll give you a clue. Okay. It's not Bill Gates. Right. Yeah, okay. Bill? It's not Bill Gates. No. Dale, you know. Daryl Gates, the chief of police in L.A., the famous chief. Right. 
That was funny. Uh, when, when our former reader, Stuart Rubin, or Lubin, mm-hmm. used to read the radiogram, he read A Great Gildersleeve with, where Gates was in the title, and he says, I don't think it's our Chief Gates or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Okay, well, we had, I have another one that's been floating around. Okay. Um, what was the name of the character played by Ransom Sherman in Fibber McGee and Molly? You know, you asked me that last week, and I don't remember. Oh, I'm losing track of who I asked what. Yeah. All right. We got um, Chief Gates' first name. I'm think I'm running out of really... Oh, here's a good one. You probably know this one. I'll try. Franklin P. Adams of Information, Please. Yeah. Little name that went with P. What, was, what did the P stand for? Uh, Peter. I have two more, two more guesses. Parker. Nope. Paul. No. Those were good guesses. Yeah. Franklin P. Yeah, I always just heard him called Franklin P. For the most part. Uh huh. They called him Franklin P. Or F. P. He was frequently referred to as F. P. But that was not his middle name. Okay. So you got my. Oh, here's another name one. Uh, one of these you're going to get. Uh, are you ready for this one? I'll try. This is my final name. Sergeant Preston's first name. William. Oh, my gosh, you knew that. Right, I heard that. But, you know, I, I heard it and I read it, but I don't ever remember him ever mentioning it on the radio, do you? Oh, my goodness, yes. I found it in a show, and I should have written it down, and I didn't. It might be in some of my notes in on another computer. Right. You know, on the big computer. I will check, but, yes. It was in the very beginning of the series, not the first show, but the very beginning of the series, and he showed up at his supervisor's office. I don't know, the captain or... Inspector Conrad, I think. It, the, it was actually John Todd who played Sergeant Preston's boss. I don't know what, what um, military rank he carried, probably major. And it was John Todd, of all people, who played that role, and that was the show he referred to himself or was referred to as William Preston. Well, I know he was, I think on most episodes, he was the inspector. Inspector was his rank. Whose rank? Uh, John Todd's rank. I mean, uh, Inspector Conrad, I think, was his name. But I meant his rank in the police was inspector. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was misunderstanding where that was coming from. I, and that I, I can't even tell you. I don't know. But Inspector sounds right because uh, Blair of the Mounties, my very favorite Mountie show, uh, had the title of Inspector. So that that is certainly part of the... Uh, Have you had a chance to hear uh, either the, the other two well-known Mountie series, or have you had a chance to hear either Renthrough of the Mounted or the one episode of The Silver Eagle yet? I have not heard The Silver Eagle, but I have heard at least one of the Renfro, and, and they do a better job than Blair of the Mounties. Right. Everything. Well, Silver Eagle, the one episode I heard was pretty good. Jim Amici played the, the uh, star. Jim, Jerry of the Circus was better than Blair of the Mounties. Oops. Actually, you know, Jerry of the Circus was not a bad show. Well, a lot of people like it. Yeah. I never heard it until Bob and Barbara started playing it on, uh, when they were in Northridge. They played it a few, a few, you know, for a number huh? of weeks, and I had never heard of the show. Um, Carl, who, uh, Carl, um, Walden, help me, the coach. C- coach Booth. Carl Coach Booth. Coach. Carl 
booth, right? Yeah. And he had. Uh, is he still one of our DJs? I haven't heard him. No, no, he he's retired. I I thought so because yeah. I, I you know I I pop in periodically mm -hmm. on the um, yesterday USA DJs and I have not heard him. I didn't realize that he had he had retired. Mm -hmm. Of course he did. Bill mentioned that. And by the way, what it reminds me, if any of you have not heard it yet, I hope some of you will get a chance to hear the new your new your new person on yesterday USA called Ivan's Treasures replays a lot of the classic children's records. Yes, 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 and uh, periodically he'll pop into the chat room and say hi to us, but that was before his show started, so I, I have to make it a point to get in there and listen to his show. Fascinating, because if, if any of you remember those things, and um, some of us do, that, were, that grew up with records, mm -hmm. he, he pulled some, he's played some real gems. Give me an example. I mean, they had records, when you were growing up, Jim, they had records in them days? Yes, we did. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually had records. I'm going to uh, pop the floor with you, Walden. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a record. Well, he, let's see. He focuses on a theme each week. Like this week, he focused on cats. Okay. And he played, let's see, he played, uh, let's see, what did he play? He played uh, Paul Wing telling the story of Dick Whittington and his cat. Huh? He, he played the Don Wilson telling a story about the three orphan kittens. He played a couple of Gene Kelly things. He played... Uh, a few weeks ago, it was all about trains. He played uh, Guy Lombardo's song, The Little Engine That Could, and he played the Paul Wing story of The Little Engine That Could and the story of Sparky and the Talking Train, which was a classic Capitol record. And he played some other, you know, things like that. And so each week, it's a, it's a different, uh, a different. sometimes he'll, and then he also snuck a Les Pretend in last week, the version, their version of Beauty and the Beast. Uh-huh. So it's a fun it's a fun show. It's an excellent addition to the Yesterday USA schedule. You must he must have a really impressive collection. Well, he he probably does. I'm sure he does and he uh, he um, talks about, you know, some of the labels and some of the artists and it's a it's a nice it's a nice 90 minutes and uh I know Walden has talked to the man who has one of the big collections. In fact, Walden finally got to meet a man that we both have done, we both talked to on the phone. Walden finally got to meet him in L.A. a few weeks ago. You got to meet Peter Moldavin, right? Yeah. The big kids collector in New York. Yeah, he's the one, Patricia, I don't know if you ever sent you over to the, his website. You might get... That. What, the spelling it like that? Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> record King? Yeah, and that is record with a K, R R E K O R D. Kitty Record King. Dot com. And you'll find fascinating things, even as a database where you can research. Uh, if you want to know how many records, Roy, children's records, Roy Rogers made, you can, in the database, you can punch in Roy Rogers or you can punch in a title like. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And he or has samples, samples on his website. And he has this interview that he and I did together up on there. Yeah, there's an interview that Walden and him did along with some other interviews. Not coming up. Kitty Record King. Here we go. Oh, it's Kitty Record King. Oh. It's not Record King. Right. It's R-E-K-O-R-D. Right, but it, uh, it's Kitty K. 
K-I-D-D-I-E, Record King with a K. Right, and and generally when you go to the side, he'll give you a short sound sample at the beginning when you go there. Uh Uh-huh, I see that over there. Um, it makes me crazy when people do these cute spellings on things that people have to look up. We'll, we'll have things like country kitchen, and yeah. it's spelled with a K. Well, how do you look up something like that in the phone book? <laughs> well, I, that almost got me out of school. I have to tell you a little story about that. I got, almost got an F in a mass communications class of a professor once. Because I was doing a term paper about about press coverage of news stories, and I was talking about the evangelist Jim Baker. Oh. I did not know that Jim Baker's name was spelled with two K's. K's. I had no idea, because my mother's maiden name was Baker, and my typist, when she helped me write the story, we just spelled yeah. it with one K, Jim Baker. I got a lecture from the professor saying that normally he gives anyone that misspells a name a mandatory F for the whole paper. Whoa. And I, he said the only reason he didn't do it for me is because since I had not been able to look at the uh, spelling, mm-hmm. he lowered my grade to like a C minus or a, almost a D. Wow. So I finally decided from then on what I'm, I, I said I can at least do this. Whenever I talk about Jim Baker now, I'm going to say it the way it sounds, Jim Baker. <laughs> no one can stop me. Jim Baker. <laughs> And you know, uh, and you know, how are you? You know, and and when I had to do another news assignment for him about the Middle East or another uh, uh, piece. So what I did, I talked about is Tel Aviv. I played it safe. I called the Israeli embassy or consulate in San Francisco and asked them how Tel Aviv was spelled, because you know you don't always know know. the way the way. uh, What I hate about the English language is so many things. Or sound so different in the way they're spelled. Uh-huh. It's a nightmare when you try to sound a word out. So, and sometimes spell checks on the computers don't really help sometimes. Well, they don't They don't help on things. Look at the word two. T-O, T-O-O, and T-W-O. They'll all come up just fine, but they all mean different things. Or, an, or another example is uh, uh, if something, it, when you spell something, is it spelled... Like if, if a number's in a title, mm-hmm. like there was an escape story called Two Came Back. I'm just using that as an example. Do you spell it T-W-O or do you write the number two, you know, in the title? Uh-huh. And that's always a question, you know, of, of uh, you, and unless you know how it's written, you have to guess. Or for that matter, even X minus one. Some people say X, the minus sign, number one, and I've also seen it X. Minus spelled out O N E. Isn't it supposed? Isn't it supposed to be X minus spelled out in O N E? Yes. It is. Mhm. Mm, it's okay. I'd... No, that's that's the way the show is is listed. Okay. Or uh, actually X. Dash- I drive one of my fellow collectors up the wall. My mom used to help me do this to short save time on our tape labels, but and, but he hates it when other collectors do it. He always hates it when they call yours truly Johnny Dollar YTJD. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, not a lot of people are, uh, that's not true. Not everyone understands. I, I, I see HGWT. It took me forever to realize or to look up and find that it was Have Gun Will Travel. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't help me when I'm reading an article or 
a note or an entry onto one of the radio digests, it's really, it's hard on me when I have to go look things up in order to understand what somebody is talking about. Or they'll abbreviate the CBS radio mystery theater, they'll call it, uh, Let's see, they call it R. Let's see, they, I forgot the abbreviation they use. It's C. It's not a CBS. R M T. It's, it's weird. It's some weird way of abbreviating it. Yeah, it's CBS R M T. Yeah. I didn't know what that was. I had to look that one up too. Right. And uh, I always like things just spelled out directly. I mean, it makes it so much easier. And I, yeah, had he given me an F, I probably would have quit. You know, I was that frustrated. Because mm -hmm. I don't intend, you know, I had no idea it was two Ks. No one ever told me. No, of course not. And it's a natural assumption that it would have had the normal spelling. Um, but you're right. You're right. Okay, well, I'm impressed that you fit, that you, uh, that you got Sergeant Preston's name. You done okay, well, you, you all have a wonderful evening. Take care of yourselves. You, I hope uh, you both are having a nice time, and you have a good evening yourself, Walden. I think we lost him. He's out taking a walk. Oh, you're taking a walk, huh? <laughs> I'll tell him you said everything is... Well, I can stay with you till Walden comes. I beg Back. Yeah, and, and don't you hate it, too, when... Um, you know, there's one expression that just drives me up the wall. It drives my mother up the wall, too. 24-7. I much prefer 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. Even if it's more words, I prefer it. I agree. I agree. Uh, and and uh, what I hate is when people abbreviate things again, and you don't know what the letters are when they're when they're. Uh, what's the th what is that thing at a grocery store? There's some letter they always use with proof of purchase. There's like three letters. Oh, P O P. I can't remember what the what it is now. If I think of it, I'll call you and tell you. But the letters just drive me up the wall. It's P O P for proof of purchase. Oh yeah, maybe that's it. Huh. Maybe that's it. Yeah. And Bogoff, they have B O G O. Is that what you're talking about? Maybe that's it. Yeah. Buy one get one, and some people put an F on it, so it's Bogoff. Buy one get one free. Yeah. Well, I know they want to make things shorter for people. Well, and another thing that truly irritates me, here's our, I guess it's our time to talk about things that irritate us. When you're hearing a commercial, and they, at the end of the commercial, they have this computer-generated speech at the end. I'm not available and I'll take it. You know what I'm talking about? They, they speed up the voice. I'm not available everywhere. Do you, know, do you understand that that's because they have all of these restrictions and terrible things and warnings that they are obligated by law to include in the commercial. So they find someone, this is the truth, they find someone who has speed speech as a talent, and that's what's at the end. And it's, 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 how you're supposed to remember all the stuff he's saying, I have no idea. You're not. They, <laughs> okay. are simply, they are simply fulfilling what they are legally obligated to do by telling you that it's a limited time offer, it will cost you 125% interest to take advantage of it, that it is subject to cancellation fees. If they get all of this information that they are obligated to give you into this teeny-weeny soundbite and the sound runs together. You have to record it and play it on a slowdown machine in order to be to understand all of the um, all of the items. Walden, did we lose Walden? You know, I don't know. Did he leave? 
Nope. I'm over here. Okay, okay, we were worried we lost you for a minute. <laughs> Where is Walden? Where is Walden? Walden's here. We were talking about, we were just talking about this horrible computer-generated speech on the radio. She says it has to be done because of all the legal terms and things, you know, at the end of commercial. Legal, legal things. So Jim was trying to say goodnight, and Walden wasn't there. Aww. Boy, you, you sneaked off and got a peanut butter and jelly. I wish, but I was just, I was just strecked out. Any, oh, okay. Anyway, uh, Patricia, when you if you, when you go to his side, like I say, if you want to look up artists who who did you know look up names of records or song titles, he has a great database. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I thank you for putting me onto that, and I'm really impressed that you knew Sergeant Preston's first name. Now, William Preston. Gee whiz, you're good. All right. So, how many puppies did King have? Oh, you know, I, well, interesting. He did have. He did. He did, didn't he? I think he had. But I don't ever remember hearing about. I mean, I'm, he must have had one. Did he? He sired a litter of puppies, and I don't know how many were in the litter, Walden. Okay. Did so they all become dogs for the art for the Northwest Mounted Police? I did don't they, know. I did, told, did they go to dog school? One of them went to a little boy, who um, I think he was he was crippled. He had a a, a bad leg. Yeah. And one of King's puppies went to him. Uh-huh. I don't know how many puppies were in the litter. Well, I still, fi- I still find it fascinating that in the movies and TV show Lassie, Lassie was a male dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That, that was just a fascinating thing to me. Easier to um, to work with and didn't have to worry about going into heat. Yeah. Um, and had a coat that never changed. Yeah. Male coat never changed. We, we learned that from uh, Tommy... Oh, from Jim, from John Pro, Timmy, right? The boy that played Timmy, right? John Provost. John Provost. Yeah, I was just hearing somebody say last night that Lassie was the second longest running TV series, dramatic TV series. Oh, Joe. Yeah. I didn't know that. I did not know that either. Well, you know, guns. You know, when when Gunsmoke, uh, Law and Order was technically canceled before it broke Gunsmoke's record. So Guns for drama, and I don't count The Simpsons as a dramatic series. You know, they no. say it's the longest. You don't. I mean, Bart and the Gang. I, I never watched one. So I'm not. I, I don't. I, mean, I don't mean you're kidding me that you don't count it as a dramatic series. I'm saying you're kidding me that it's in in competition for a role or a place in this. I can't believe that. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, they've been out for twenty a, years. Twenty years. That's yeah. what I've heard. Are you serious? Yeah. I did not know that. You guys are not joshing me either, mm-hmm. are you? Nope. Wow. But for drama, for a weekly drama, Gunsmoke's still the longest. Well, I'm I'm comforted by that. Yeah. Although I and I and I and of course when you think and I, and when you think that uh, the radio version, if you add the radio version to it, huh? that would have a total run of like 29 years if you count the nine years of radio. Mm-hmm. I, I believe there were 10 seasons on, uh, it was a short season on the 10th. Right, it was a very short season, yeah. Yeah, but they... That's one thing I liked about the Gunsmokes you sent. I've, I've gotten them from other MP3 sources, but one thing I liked about the group you sent, the source you got them from, it was one CD for each season. Uh-huh, I, I set them up that way, yes. Because that was much nicer than trying to cram a lot onto, you know, some people cram like... Yeah. 80 or 90 onto one CD, and of course the quality, the quality varies. Indeed. But the quality on yours were excellent. That's good. That's good. I'm, I'm glad for that. Well, anyway, you all have a wonderful evening. Well, thank you, Jim, and thanks for calling. We had some great conversation here. Well, we always do. 
You have a good night and stay with us for a while. We'll do the best we can. Thank you. Hey, Jim. Have good night, Walden. Good night, Jim. Bye bye. Bye bye. Did you fall asleep? Yeah. <laughs> I was stretched out. I was stretched out on my on my bed. I don't know if people understand that Walden runs the show sitting on his bed, and sometimes he just falls over. I just I was waiting. I was waiting to Jim and and Patricia, and I just oh, this is about, I can enjoy the conversation. Stretched out my bed, and I dozed off. I guess. Uh huh. Because we said Walden um, <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> Okay, you guys could have kept. You guys could have ran the show. How would I call nine one one? I mean, we just didn't know what happened to you. I tell you what. Okay, so we know what the most expensive pizza is. I have. I was gonna tell the story about Kitty's food bill on that one. Kitty's food bill. Uh huh. Okay. She, um, she went out to dinner, and they took uh, a couple. And truffles were on the menu. Oh, dear. <laughs> you do not order truffles. Yeah. So they ordered truffles. And, oh. And they ordered one helping. Yeah. And the guy said, this is the first time I'm bored over, so you can't order another one. <sighs> sure, go ahead. This is the kind of restaurant that does not put prices on the menu. Uh-huh. And then, oh, then, they, then he said, oh, can't have another one. Oh, no. Yeah. So when they got the bill, then it was fifteen hundred dollars. Twelve hundred dollars, I think, it was doing to six, you know, six servings of truffles, one hundred fifty dollars a piece or something. Easily, easily. Yeah. Truffles, uh, and this was in the United States. New York, yeah. Okay, so they were imported most likely from England, and yeah. they are routed out by pigs. Did you know that? I had no idea. They are underground growth, like mushrooms. So did the pigs send a bill? That why they're so expensive? Well, they're they're very rare, and it they honestly go out. They meaning the mm -hmm. people who harvest truffles. The pigs out with pigs, and pigs snout out. They can smell the truffles, and they snout them out. They unearth them with their snouts. Wow. Which is. Why they're so expensive? <laughs> they grow mushrooms in the back of the uh, of the basement. You know, wow, doesn't happen that way. So, so that's the only, that's the that's the food bill I I know is fifteen hundred dollars for a cup for a party of four for a no. twelve twenty two thousand four. Well, Patricia, when you and I go and have that pizza in uh, 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 Malta on on the island of uh, Malta, Malta, we have we can have a pizza. Yep. With truffles, white truffles, mm -hmm. and Gold leaf, 24 karat gold leaf. Um, I don't know if that's edible or not, huh? I'd, people eat it. Really? People eat it, yeah. There, there are some things that are dipped in gold or dusted in gold, and they eat it, and it's supposed to be good for you. I don't think so. <laughs> 2,400. I mean, if it were meant to be eaten... It would be on our plates, you know. I think if I had a twenty, if I was taking Patricia, I would have to wear it, you know, rather than to eat Indeed. the thing. Indeed, I'm yeah. I'm not big on eating metal. No. Oh, okay. So anyway, the the most expensive pizza in the world comes from a little place called 
Margot's Pizzeria in Malta, and it goes for $2,400. Yeah, Malta is the, oh. Mal, Malta is the uh, Paso Paulo shipwreck artist, I believe. So. Um, I don't know yeah, about that one. Yeah. I'll trust you on that. Yeah. Okay, so did it... Also, it's one of the islands that they fought over in World War Two. Yes, it was a World War Two island. You yep. bet. All right, so we've got a free download site, but I've got two things to say first. Get your pencils ready for the free download site, and I will send it to anyone who asks for it. We'll go through that in just a minute. <clears throat> I forgot to tell people last week that... I heard the sonic boom from the shuttle coming back at the shuttle Endeavor. You sent me an email when it happened. I sent you an email, but I didn't say it out loud. That's true. I had this wonderful explosion <laughs> that happened, and I thought, that didn't sound like an explosion. That sounded like a sonic boom. I mean, why would you have a sonic boom at 2.30 in the morning? Why would you have a sonic boom at all in, in today because they're so carefully regulated on speed and where you can go so fast that you create a sonic boom? But it was the shuttle Endeavor coming in for a landing, and it was fabulous. It just went boom, and it was indeed a sonic boom. It flew over my county and probably over my little apartment, and I heard the Endeavor coming in. That was really exciting. Show me the way to go home. And they did. Yeah. They knew right where they were landing. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I, when I leave the television on, it's usually on a news station, mm -hmm. and when the boom happened, I looked up, and they had just flashed two live shots waiting for the shuttle to come in. And it made, of course, a perfect landing. I mean, it just is nothing but perfection with uh, with the shuttle. But that was, that was really exciting. All good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, can you imagine getting excited about a noise? Oh, I do. Yes, I get excited about noises. Yeah. And that was a very special one. Yeah, yeah. And then we talk about envelopes. Ralph called in earlier mm -hmm. and said he had gotten his envelope from me. Let's explain why I would get a mission when Ralph called. This, I think it's why we have a deficit. I know. The post office is not billing anybody for any postage. I, oh, well. Uh, we've been talking about this. Yes, yeah. understand. Yes. There is a money-losing operation <laughs> there. Now, when Ralph looked at his envelope the last time, his postal route carrier had drawn a crayon black mark through them. They were not canceled at the post office, but they were canceled at his mailbox. This time, he got his envelope. Dennis has gotten an envelope with clean stamps, and the envelope that Nolan and I have been trading just completed its 12th trip, and I will be able to return it to him because the stamps are pristine. I will, ha I will put some extra postage on it because the cost of the second stamp, the, the second down, you know, they, you charge a first class stamp of 44 cents, uh -huh. and then each ounce after that is now 20 cents mm -hmm. instead of 17 cents, so I'll put some three cent stamps on there and make it look pretty, <laughs> and like like we knew what we were doing here, <laughs> I don't know how much postage is on it, um, Nolan felt bad and put an extra stamp on it one time, <laughs> but I haven't added anything recently, so I'll put some three cent stamps on it, it'll look good, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So it, it completed its 12th trip with the same stamps on it. Amazing. I really like my my justification on this. Oh, I know. Well, you keep adding stamps to it. 
Pardon? You can keep adding stamp to the well, package. Well, we could, but yeah. the whole thing would be covered. It would look like a steamer trunk right <laughs> now. But uh, my, my, my story is that we are conscientiously recycling an mm-hmm. envelope. Mm-hmm. It just happens to have stamps on it. So when I go to court to defend my, my lady honor, Yes. Is that is that what I'm supposed to explain? That is that is what you're supposed to defend. Okay. I still have already presented this, and you can affirm. Yes. And I really am. I really am a very conscientious recycler. Mm-hmm. You know, paper and glass and mm-hmm. aluminum. Mm-hmm. I'm very conscientious about that. Mm-hmm. So um, it it would be in keeping with my personality to say, we aren't recycling an envelope. <laughs> it just happens to have stamps on That's it. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Everybody ready for the free download site? Is this in the place of free ice cream? Yeah. Oh. I had to find free pizza. That's how I came up with the kids. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I'm fresh out of ice cream. I can't find any free ice cream, and I, I tried to find free pizza, but they kept saying I had to sign up for stuff, and maybe I would get it, and maybe, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I hate to sign up for stuff like that, because you never really know what you're signing up for. They promise one thing, you know. But it could have been a life supply of uh, tissue rolls or something. I don't think so. Next week I'll, I'll try for free candy. Okay. We'll, we'll see if there's anybody out there gives out coupons for free for freebies. Does C's candy give a freebie? If like if you order, they get when you walk into the store, you get free candy. You, know, you have to walk into the store. And the night, yeah. And the nice thing about it, mm-hmm. uh, if you ask for another piece. They automatically let you have another piece. What about a third one? I think they were supposed to, they will not stop you. They will not stop. Now, when you say a piece of candy, are you talking about chocolates or hot yes, candy? Yes, chocolate. Chocolate? Chocolate. Chocolate. Chocolate, boys and girls? Yes. E-R-I-C-I-A. <laughs> oh, boy, this is cool. Yeah, yep. Oh, I love it. Well, anyway, I couldn't. I couldn't find free ice cream. Maybe I can find some free cookies. I'll. I'll try for cookies. Cookies, a cookie monster. Cookies, yeah, cookies and candy. I'll mm-hmm. see if I can come up with some freebies. But I'm fresh out of ice cream this week. Okay, free downloads. The site is your http colon slash slash. Your typical. It, it is not a www site. This means it is internet, not World Wide Web. So it is. The address is 154, the numbers, 154.ca slash OTR slash shared. 154.ca slash OTR slash shared, S-H-A-R-E-D, just like I'm sharing my goodies. And there are... It's a very mixed selection. You'll even find some songs in the middle there. I found one from um, Screamin'. I can't remember what his last name is, but he did. Uh, I got a spell on you, and it is such a great song. And I heard one of the songs up there. I said, I know who that is, and indeed it was. So there are a couple of songs sprinkled in there, but the sound quality on these shows is really very, very good. So you can go up there and listen to some shows. They're sprinkled all over the place, or you can download ones that uh, you find that you want to have. Very nice. That's all good. Yeah, so that's my that's my giveaway for mm, tonight. Good, 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 yeah. good. Yeah. 
You want to do something special, or can I tell you about airfares? Well, can I play a little trivia? Oh, yeah. Here's a sound trivia. We tried this a few weeks ago with a famous voice. I have another famous voice I want to drop in, see if anybody can tell. And you're, you're eligible too, Patricia. Yeah, because I don't know a lot of stuff. Here we go, everybody. Who is this female actress? I mean, among other things, it must have been a revelation to have your 24-year-old character played by a 24-year-old actress. So she says. That's beside the point. It's right to the point. Also, it must have sounded so new and fresh to you, so full of fire and music. Addison. Oh, so you've been talking to that venomous fishwife, Addison DeWitt. In this case, it's trustworthy as the world almanac. You knew when you came in that the audition was over, but Eve was your understudy playing that childish... And who is that famous actress? 714-545-2071. And we're back. And this is Yesterday USA. That's Patricia. I'm Walden. I am here. And we're waiting. Yeah, I had you on mute for a minute. Yep. We're, and we're just seeing what's going on. Everybody can give us a call. Okay. I, can, I know who it was. I thought you might. If, you're, if, you're eligible. Yeah, if it was not good sound quality. No, it, it sounds better than it. I just turn it down. Okay, you tell me who it is. Tallulah Bankhead. Yes, very good. Nobody could could do a darling. Darling. Like the Bankhead. Mm-hmm. Darling. Darling. <laughs> Thank you, darling. <laughs> and Margaret O'Brien, not Margaret O'Brien. Um, she was she was on the big show, but. Uh, frequently, she was on the big yeah. show. It was um, Margaret Truman. Margaret Truman, mm-hmm. who would occasionally say, "You're welcome, darling." <laughs> it was good. They really had a good chemistry on that show with all of the people who would be guests and were regulars. It was a good chemistry show. Whether or not people got along well doesn't matter. It worked on the show. Did they get along well? Well, uh, they did get along well on that show. I understand that Tulua Bank was could be an interesting character to do with in private life. Yes, she was. She was. She was interesting. That's a good way to put it. Yes, she was interesting. Very and, interesting. Uh, and, and she spent a lot of time offending a lot of people. Uh huh. But and I know that she she apparently had a drinking problem as well. Mm-hmm. She had a problem with alcohol, which didn't help the situation. Um, because she was an outspoken person to begin with, and when you lose your inhibitions with a, a substance, it's um, you can really get yourself into trouble. But she was, she apparently was not the easiest person in the world to get along with. And also, can you imagine her dad was Speaker yeah. of the House uh-huh. in the 30s? Yep. The two, she came from a long line of bankheads who, who were in politics. From Alabama, darling. Yeah, I, I, I just... I, do enjoy listening to her. And yeah. I, it, The Big Show is another show that I don't listen to very often, and I should, because it was another one that was so well done and so much fun. They usually had a great deal of fun. Once in a while, they'd do some serious, uh, serious acting, serious clips from serious shows. But for the most part, it was just plain fun. And they always had a good group of people. Jimmy Durante and... Margaret Truman and um, Margaret O'Brien, they, they just had such a really great collection of people, and they all sounded like they had a great time. So we did, too. Just like us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
some stuff like that there. You bet. Some stuff like that there. So you got stuff over there. I have stuff over here. What, oh, what boy, do stuff? I have stuff over here. Stuff, and stuff. we're only on page two. <laughs> <laughs> so I came across some interesting stuff this week about airfares. And they, they are cautioning people to be aware of some of the fees that come along with these great bargains. Uh-huh. And you can really get some good bargains. I heard um, Clark Howard, who is on... Oh, he's a syndicated con- consumer advocate reporter. Yes, he mm-hmm. is, but he's also on one of the news stations, and I always get the letters mixed up. They changed the name of the station, and it's HN, HLN. Uh, it, it begins with an H, and it's only three letters, but he does a, a weekly show there as well, and he was talking about getting really great deals on airline tickets because the airlines have raised rates to the point where they broke through the price ceiling, and people just backed off and said, we'll drive or we're not going. So now, um, for people who are willing to chance it and wait to the last week or two before they want to take a trip, you can get some really good deals on um, airline tickets. But what I read at time.com are some cautions about things that people are being charged for now that they were never charged for before. And meals, we know meals are in there. So they gave a range. I took the range and came in smack in the middle. So if something were like one, like 10 to $20, I, I pegged it at 15 So we are now looking at charges for the overhead bin where we could carry on. Yeah, I'm surprised considering what people, because I, you know, I fly quite a bit. It's amazing how much people are trying to carry on board. Yeah. I know, because the, the cost of checking a bag now is so high. $25. I, well, you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you're looking at charges for, now all of these are dead center. These are, are absolutely in the center here, not an average. Well, I guess maybe I did do average here. So, well, that, that, would, that would still come out right. Whatever. Uh, oh, the median. So it, it was. It is dead center. I'm using the median. I, I even made a note to myself. Overhead bin median. Now, what you're going to be looking at to put a bag in the overhead bin is twenty three dollars. You might as wow. well. You might as well put it in a suitcase and send it through. Uh huh. Might, might be cheaper to mail it. Might be cheaper to mail ahead. Say what? Might be cheaper to mail it. Yes, right. Yeah. And there are some people who are wise enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Send it. By parcel post mm-hmm. and uh, or UPS. Mm-hmm. UPS can be much less expensive for for high weight items um, than going with the airline. Mm-hmm. And they do have pound limits on on the suitcases now. Okay, so the overhead bin. You're looking down the line, and in some cases now at a fee of twenty three dollars. So it, I, I started out with a, a let's say a great deal from your destination to someplace else round trip, and and three hundred dollars you think is a really good deal on this. So I put in the overhead bin for twenty three dollars. Legroom Continental now has. Um, a, a section they call economy plus mm-hmm. seats. 
So you can pay $30 extra for a little bit of extra legroom. Well, i got short weights, so I don't need that. You don't need that. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's, let's pretend somebody's tall and they really are. They even, you know, I've got short legs, too. But I really appreciate extra leg room. I, I yeah. don't like the cramped. I, I like. I, I like. I appreciate not being cramped. Yeah. Uh -huh. cool. uh -huh. Yeah. I like being able to put my feet out as yeah. long as it's, as long as they touch the floor. <laughs> and when Patricia has her shoes off, she'll be happy. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I can't do that in, in an awful lot of public places. I do it on airplanes. You take your shoes off? I, I've done that, especially for flying overseas or something. Oh yeah, gosh, I I would do that. I yeah. usually, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a Reeboks kid. Yep. <clears throat> so it's it's kind of hard to justify untying your shoes, taking them off, and then having to retie them. It's probably dangerous too if the plane went down. I just I asked you the way I do it. My I just stick them in, and stick them out. Yeah, I I have to do stick in shoes. I'll have to I'll have to consider that because uh -huh. if if you have a, a a problem and you have to get out an emergency exit, mm -hmm. I'm going to leave without my shoes, but my shoes are going to be there for people to trip over. <laughs> that's you know that that's not a good thing. So I'll I'll have to I'll have to revisit that. Okay, so now on the exit row, the 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 line of seats, the right. row of seats that sits next to the exit door, mm -hmm. you can now expect to pay twenty dollars extra for that one. So I guess you want to get out of the plane first. If you want to be first out of the plane, uh -huh. you have to pay for the privilege. Okay, right? yeah. Okay, so sanitized pillow and blanket that will come to you in a nice sealed little package so mm -hmm. you know nobody's head has been on it. <laughs> they claim. You may pay an extra $7 for that. However, they will not pre-clean your seats. So your seats are pre-used, but your, your blankie <laughs> and pillow, if you want to pay $7. Um, you know what I was just thinking about? What? Linus. My blankie and me. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Blankie. Uh -huh. Sanitized pillow and blanket <laughs> plan on $7. Now, these are medium. Some of them are a little bit less. Some of them a little bit more. Um, meals. If you want to buy a meal now, that, remember we used to get them for free? Uh-huh. Such as they were. Um, I don't even think you get peanuts anymore, <laughs> but, which is good because some people who are allergic to peanuts die from it. Um, you can plan on $7 for a meal, but according to what time.com wrote, there'll be an improvement over what you, we used to get for free. I prefer to just eat something just before I go on a plane. Uh -huh. I, I would prefer free myself. I know. <clears throat> now, we always paid... A little bit extra, and it wasn't a huge amount. It was like twenty-five or thirty-five dollars. If you had a pet carrier that sit under your seat, so some kitty cats could could do that. And if you had a bird, you know, like a parakeet or something, that would fit in a carrier that would fit under your seat. Well, it's now one hundred and twenty-five dollars. If if you want kitty it's under your seat, under your seat, not in the seat next to you, but under your seat, kitty will cost you 125 I think kitty didn't earn a place on the plane. No. Okay, Wi-Fi. If you want to use Wi-Fi and the plane is equipped to provide Wi-Fi, you can plan on spending an extra ten dollars to have Wi-Fi access. That's not too bad. Yeah, I can see that you're going a really, really long way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would, I would deal with that. Uh -huh. I mean, you know, if if you really have to get out on the internet and 
do right. communications. But, you know, we used to be able to do this for free. You could send an email True. on a plane for free. You know, when I flew back, in, remember the trip I saw you back in 2007? Mm-hmm. The plane that we were on had a great service. It had satellite television built into it. Uh, so you can watch it all, everything in real time. Hooray. What yeah. line was that? Uh, it was, uh, it used to be known as Values Jet. Where is it? Um, JetBlue? No. I think the company, I think JetBlue did buy the company out. It wasn't Continental. Air, Air, AirTran. AirTran. AirTran had that feature. Okay. Even radio, even the radio, uh, you could get real time radio. Uh huh. But they had a satellite built into it. Wow. Amazing. Okay, so here here is here is the grand total. You've got this really great bargain round trip mm-hmm. for three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and you've got a bag for the overhead bin. You decide you want extra leg room. I mean, you can go if you're if you're getting one of these great last minute deals. Three hundred dollars will get you a long distance. So so you want the extra leg leg room. You decide you want to be extra safe, and you're willing to pop a little extra to sit near the exit door. You want a pillow and blankie, a meal, just one, just one meal, and you want to bring Kitty or Petey the parakeet, (laughs) Wi-Fi access, and let's say you have one bag that goes on the line, and the median now is $35 a bag. This bargain trip is going to cost you and Kitty $592. (laughs) Leave Kitty home. You can do $125 off that. I mean, I just can't imagine. I don't know how much it costs to put Kitty in the hold. Uh, I guess dumb people are 50 bucks a day. Yeah, but no, I don't, I don't mean... Um, oh, oh, on the plane. Yeah, I don't know what it on does. On the plane in the hold. With yeah, the yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much that costs. I should have looked that up. Yeah. See how much Kitty is going to cost you. Uh, uh, Kitty doesn't have surroundings with your feet in them. <laughs> if I can make a recommendation, because I just had to book the flight up to Seattle for the convention, I was able to save um, cost of the airline by half just by playing with the, the what days to travel, what day to come oh, home. Oh, sure. And oh, that, my goodness, yes. That saves money. Yes. And if, um, if you confirm online, you obviously save a whole bunch of time. Well, they just me now. It's really they don't want you to pick a, pick up and call them on the phone anymore. They they basically want like now like Alaska wants to charge you a fifteen dollar fee if you if you're gonna book it over the phone. Uh huh. Sure. If you do it, and, and the more you can do online, the the better off you yeah. and all it are. And you can do it at two o'clock in the morning. That's true. You know, I mean, it, it's really neat when you think about the internet. You can go shopping in your jammies. No shoes, mm-hmm. and have a cup of coffee sitting next to you, and you can do shopping. I, you know, I was thinking about, for us, Stamp.com is offering bargains, is giving you 55 or $100 free postage if you sign up. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yep. Sure enough. It's yep. amazing. I'm confident that your printer is going to spit out. I guess so. Out of money. Yeah. On, squarely on the label. Yeah. And if it misses, you've paid. <laughs> <laughs> they don't take things like that back on the on the uh, in the post office. Yeah, yeah. If if you stick a stamp and it's not canceled, that's your tough luck. Right. They don't they don't allow returns for. Ah, no fair. But that's a, well. I mean, that's cool. They'll mail stuff for free for you. Mm-hmm. 
you know, all you have to do is put the stamps on one time. That's true. And, and you can send it anywhere you want. That's true. You have to make sure that it's to somebody who's willing to send something back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan and I are having a wonderful... Uh... I, haven't, I haven't opened the envelope yet. All I wanted to do was look at the stamps, but he put some great stuff in there. He put... Um, what did he tell me he, he was going to put in there? Oh. Oh, oh, the South African shows. Right, that's right. That's right, South yeah. African. Anything, anything recorded in Australia, England, or South Africa are superior mm -hmm. programs. They really are wonderfully done. So you can put those on your, on your good lists. Okay, I got more stuff. Do you have stuff you want to do? I, I, anything you want to do. Or you want to sneak in a show and we'll come back. Yeah. I'm ready to go have a snack. Do you want to sneak in the show? Uh-huh. Yeah? Okay. It's up to you. Let me do this. I've got... Oh, my goodness. I knew I was missing something. What? 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 Let me see. Um, the Aldrich family. I know. Well, just a minute. Let me see if I put it someplace else. Otherwise, I will go into the other computer, because that's where it is. Um, but I'm... Um, yesterday. Oh, for goodness sakes, what did we do with it? You know what? What that? My computer, my, um, <laughs> how about that? It looks like my, um, computer ate me off And I will have some Ezra Stone information when we come back, but the show we're going to play is a surprise tonight. Yeah. And I just love that show to pieces. Mm -hmm. um, it is... Uh, we, we never talked about the Aldrich family, did we? No, we never have. Family. It is the show that begins with Henry, Henry Aldrich. Mm -hmm. And let's see. Oh, we do have it here. I did find it. Okay. My, my computer coughed it up. Henry Aldrich is one of a family of four. We've got Alice and Sam, our mom and dad, Mary is the sister, and Henry, and Henry's got a bunch of friends. What just astounded me, there are about 97 shows. I've, I've located 97, uh, I haven't located them, but they're out there, 97 Henry Aldrich shows. And I will find the rest of them. I've got a pretty fair number, but take a guess on how many total shows were done well it was from 1939 to 53 for the summer season um 500 you are darn close it just blew me away that this show was on for almost 14 years yeah. 582 shows and we've only got under 100 so far located and having surfaced Hey, and just a side note, mm -hmm. uh, Martin Graham, so Betty Martin, has started a blog spot, and he was given Kathleen Ross diary. And I think he put photos and things of, she was, you know, uh, she was the uh, Mrs. Aldrich. Uh -huh. And a lot, of, uh, I think he got posted on his blog spot from her talking about the Aldrich family. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that not cool? Mm -hmm. um, when when we're on a break, maybe the two of us can talk and find an address for that for people to to go and, and take a look. I think it's martingramblogspot.com. We'll, we'll, we'll look this up and give everybody some back. Just to make sure. Yeah. Okay. So 
Ezra Stone is the person who played Henry Aldridge, and what just I'm telling you, I, I looked at some information tonight. This is one of my favorite programs. I love Henry Aldridge. Mm -hmm. And periodically on Saturday nights, I will say something like, oh, boy, Ham. Yeah. And nobody knows what I'm referring mm -hmm. to. It's Henry Aldridge's friend, Homer, yes. would say, oh, boy, Ham. <laughs> and the, between the two of them, they could always get into trouble. Ezra Stone was the actor who played Henry for the entire run, except, and this is what made me laugh, except when he was in the Army from 1952 to 19, uh, 1942 to 1943. He was drafted and wound up in the military. Right. Now, this kid sounds like he's a high school kid. That's uh, true. And he got drafted. Yes. And he, and he stayed with this from 1939 to 1953. Now, every kid in America, when he starts out in high school, in 1939, by the time he gets to 1953, you know his voice has changed. <laughs> this guy kept, I mean, Ezra Stone was just so cool with yeah. this, and even Homer. Yeah. It, Homer did that. Um, Homer was Jackie... Jackie Kelk. Kelk. Jackie Kelk. Who is best known to being Jimmy Olsen of Superman. Ah, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, see, I've learned so much on this show. Ah. Well, anyway, John Dunning, bless his heart, he is just so good with all of the information that we have on old-time radio. John Dunning wrote a book on the air, the Encyclopedia of Old-Time Radio. silliness in each episode, and it was clearly directed at kids who bought into this silliness. It was almost like a human cartoon on radio, um, whereas Henry Aldridge started out with plausible problems that just got more and more tangled as they went through the show. I laugh out loud at these shows, and I just love them. The show was written by Clifford Goldsmith, and it was based on a successful Broadway play. It wasn't right. the other way around. The play was called What a Life, and he based the scripts on ideas that he got from real life with his own teenager sons, which is just That's amazing. True. And uh, the kids at the end of each show, the kids used to accuse him of plagiarism because <laughs> he took ideas from their everyday life. But anyway, the show that I picked for tonight is one of the really funnest that I think um, is available in the entire series. Yeah, it's a classy one. You, yeah. you like this one? Uh-huh. It's what I grew up with. It's what I remember being one of the first ones I ever heard. It's, and it was one of the first ones that I heard that mm -hmm. just made me laugh out loud. It's Homer accidentally gets engaged. Now, Homer is Henry's friend, and one of the, uh, one of the two of them is always getting into trouble, but... Homer accidentally gets engaged in this particular one to his girlfriend, Agnes. The dialects on these kids, <laughs> just fabulous. What a mixture of them. So poor Homer, accidentally engaged. They try to figure out how to get out of this. The more they try to get out of it, the deeper into it they get. And they finally wind up surreptitiously consulting with Henry's father, Sam Aldrich, who is an attorney, how to get out of this mess that they're in. So here we go with Homer accidentally gets engaged, a surprise show for you tonight because it's not Fibber McGee and Molly, it's the Aldrich family. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, give me a second. And red, and mail or demon that email from Martin Pans, JRE, 
one, the only Artie Shaw. One of the great guests to people to talk to of Old Time Radio. Hello there, Patricia. Hello, Walden. You're being lovable tonight. Oh, okay. I'm with my adorable. So what can you say? Even if you fell asleep on us, you're still lovable. Well, you know, I notice when I have a snacky poo, (laughs) (laughs) my energy level always seems to come back to life. So I'm not going to fall asleep with you the rest of the way. Okay, well, you're with us then, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why I voted for Have a Show. That way I can be fresh for the next 35 hours. 35 hours on 2.7 minutes of sleep. (laughs) This is good. Okay. Well, that was Henry Aldrich. Henry! Yes. Henry Aldrich. Sound wasn't perfect, and that's, that's, you know. Well, I I can really get up there, but, you know. Henry! No. Henry! Henry Aldrich! Coming, mother! Coming, mother! There you go. Yes. And what is still astounding to me is that he was very much an adult when he did this role. Yep. And Jackie Kelk was too. Yep. And they just pulled it off. They sure did. Hmm? They sure did. They did a great job they with it. They did a great job. And it was, this particular show was a good example of what John Dunning was talking about, mm-hmm. taking a simple situation and creating chaos out of it. And it follows a natural progression. There is nothing, by the time you, you realize that the issue that they're dealing with is outrageous and irrational, but they got there in a rational way. Absolutely. You ever heard the, the one with the record player? Where they want to borrow oh, a record wait, player oh, for the yes, dance? and it keeps going from yeah. the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just amazing, um, uh, and I, I really enjoy. But I'm going I'm to stop talking about what I really enjoy. Anybody who wants that show, if you call, that's all you have to do is call. I will send you Henry Aldridge. Wow! Yes, I know, I know. And if you're a first-time caller, you get Henry Aldridge plus <laughs> plus a radio show of your choice. And she's talking about. That bonus show being a whole CD. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I've, I've got some notes here before I get to my notes. Now, um, John in Maryland wanted Walter Winchell. Yes. I have found maybe five Walter Winchell shows. That's I good. Have, I have no idea if they are wartime news. He is not an easy man to find. <laughs> He's another one who lies low. Yeah. Um, Charles wanted Perry Mason. I've got that. Kurt, we already talked about on that one. Oh, and for Chad, I found A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, a Hollywood Star Theater put it on. Ah, okay. So I have that for Chad. Um, Scarlet Queen, This Is Your Life, This Is Fine. Those are on the way. And... um, I have to go back a couple of pages here because I believe it was also John yep. in Maryland was the one who asked for um, your hit parade. Your hit parade and Larry Gassman provided your hit parade. John asked specifically for the ones with. Uh, um, don't tell me! Don't tell me! She <coughs> <laughs> Willikers. The nickname was the Voice. Yes. Yes. Frank Sinatra. Yes. And uh, during the war years, for you, he had them in his files, mm-hmm. and he made arrangements to get them to me, so I can send them to John. 
And I think that is just an outstanding thing. Thank you so much, Larry, for going to so much trouble for me on that one. Hooray for everybody! Oh, yeah. <laughs> hooray, hooray. We have such a wonderful family, you know? So, 714-545-2071. We will not charge you $592 to get you and Kitty to whichever <laughs> Can you imagine? And this, by the way, the $125 is one way. You're going to have to leave Kitty. <laughs> Unless you want to pay another $125 on your ticket. I just, Kitty does not go round trip. Can you imagine $250 to go with a cat? Some people love their cats. You know, a, a dog, unless you have a, a teacup poodle. Going <laughs> Expression. Yeah, uh, that's. I think that's that's the that's the name of the breed. No kidding. I, I mean, they're really tiny. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Now we have to go back here and, and do some more searching. But anyway, to to travel cross country, <laughs> maybe not even cross country, you you have to pay this amount of money, and a dog isn't going to fit there, so he's going to have to go in the hole, as I say. Unless let's see, teacup poodle. Teacup poodles for sale. Teacup poodles. They really are tiny. Teacup poodles. Let me see if we can find a weight. How much does a teacup poodle weigh? Weight chart for a teacup poodle. A size and growth chart. <laughs> okay. One week old. All right. At birth, a teacup poodle should be two and a half ounces. Oh, my. At 10 weeks, it should be 15 ounces. And when it is 18 months old, it is two pounds. That's a itty bitty small little itty bitty weeny tiny poo poo. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's that's what is called a teacup poodle. Wow. Next one is tiny toy, mm -hmm. and the next size up is toy. Mm. So you've got teacup, tiny toy, and toy poodles. Well, you, you, you never know, heard I'm, of teacup poodle before? No, no. i we always call them around here miniature poodles. Oh well. The, the, Toy, you know, toy poodles, miniature poodles, you know. You can have miniature poodles, and then toy poodle, and then tiny toy poodle, and then teacup poodle. <laughs> Never standard, heard of it. You have standard poodle, yeah. and medium-sized poodle, and miniature, toy, tiny toy, and teacup. That's a lot of poodle. So a teacup would fit under your seat. It looks like probably a tiny toy would as well, because that's only four and a half to five pounds. Oh, jeez. Um, let's see now. We've got, okay, it, it's a, a, an actual scale. If, if, the, if the poodle, a tiny toy poodle is four and a half ounces when it's born, it will be about four and a half pounds when it's grown up. And if it was five and a half ounces when it was born, it will be about six pounds when it grows up. So that's about, I guess, well, you could, you could fit a cat under your seat and they, they run. We had, a, we had a toy poodle named Thomas, so. A toy poodle uh -huh. named Thomas? Uh-huh. You had a cat named Thomas. We had a cat named Sylvester. Or, uh, Sylvester, it wasn't yeah. Tomcat. Okay. It was a tomcat. It wasn't named. Right. Tom it was a tomcat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like you could go all the way up to a toy poodle and fit it under your seat because a toy poodle will run about seven pounds. Um. So your toy poodle 
and your tika poodle and your tiny toy can go for $125 one way. I would suggest mailing it. Just take it to the post office, punch some holes in it, and say it's not dynamite, send it. And you'd better get there fast because they put out at least as much as they take in. So you might have a wet box. This is true. And a little bit more than that. <laughs> boo-boo. <laughs> we have a boo-boo bear here. So anyhow, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. These things really do fit into teacups. And uh, <laughs> two pounds in a teacup. That's a, that's a teacup poodle. So we will not charge you $592 to get you and Kitty <clears throat> to us tonight, we are able to come to you. So that show was from 1949. If you can call in and tell me what Homer's girlfriend's name is, you win. Yeah, she was the one with the culture voice. It's she was the one with the, ow, Homer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. She was great. Who who was the actress who played that? Her name. We're going to have to look her up in the book. I don't remember. Um. I know John Dunning. Has I know Mary Schiff had um, Kathleen, or well, Henry's sister, older sister, played by Mary Schiff, who later uh, became Irma's girlfriend, Irma's girlfriend Jane for a while. Huh? But, okay, House Jameson we knew was safe. House Jameson, yep. Um, Kathleen. And Kathleen Ross with the murder. Dozen actresses over the years, such as Henry's mother or Henry's sister Mary among them, and let's see what we've got here. Jackie Kelk, almost all the way with Homer Brown, Henry's pal. Um, Jackie Grimes, Michael O'Day, that's Homer role. And oh, in 52 to 53, I, re I remember hearing some of those shows. I do have a couple of them. Jackie Grimes and uh, Michael O'Day played Homer mm -hmm. in 52 and 53. Ed Bagley, let's see. Um, father, and oh, what I what I wanted to ask you, Homer's father. I'm looking for Homer's father here. Uh huh. Mr. Brown. Like Judge Hooker. But it's not. Didn't it sound like Judge Hooker? Mm. You're gonna find Judge. <laughs> you're gonna find <laughs> Homer's father there. Well, I'm just thinking in my head. I should see a little bit, but me because I've heard enough of Judge Hooker, I, I click on really right away. Uh, but yeah, I should see a little bit. Uh huh. It was about halfway through the conversation when he was yelling around, um, you know, when he, when he was yelling yeah. about this teenager who's, <laughs> who's going to wind up moving in with his family. Right. I, last night I played my, um, my late friend Hal Stone interview. Mm -hmm. Hal would have been 80 yesterday. And when they had him do Jughead, they said, we don't want you to sound like Homer Brown. So, you, you know, so he had to come up with a little squealy voice for Jughead. So they, so, so even the Archie Andrew people didn't want to be accused of trying to be a sound like like uh -huh. Henry Aldrich. It looked like um, the character we're looking for a name, what was the character's name, mm -hmm. and... Um, Homer's girlfriend, yeah. who got engaged or thought she was engaged in this particular show, if you call in with her name, you win tonight. Our grand prize. A um, round trip for kidding you to... 
your hometown. No, no, I cannot afford my. No, 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 no. I'm down to the one is hometown. He can. Yeah. they can. Well, they can. That be the airline ticket. The round trip to the hometown. Oh, uh, but not not to anywhere else. No. Okay, just just from home to home. Uh huh. All right. Yeah. Well, that that one that one is not going to cost you one hundred and twenty five dollars to no. city or public. No. <laughs> I cannot find it. It looks like she was in very few shows. Hmm. But I've I've heard her so many times. Well, maybe 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 Donny couldn't uh, nail it down, so he didn't put anything down. He's got a list of of. Actors and actresses here. I could be just reading over it. I'll read yeah. it very carefully later. Um, but anyway, that that is one of my. That's how come when I say, "Oh boy," and yeah. that's where it comes from. Yeah. The Aldrich family. If you just call to say hi, I will send you the Aldrich family. And we did this. We did a particular episode at Reps last year with the kids and with Gloria. Gordon McMillan's grandson, and it gets nothing but kids to play the main parts of the role. Oh, good fun. Yeah. Good fun. I just love it when they, they get into their, if if we handle this anonymously, everything will be fine mode. <laughs> they have done that occasionally, you know, or they did that occasionally yeah. in, the, in a couple of other shows. Yeah. And it was not similar. It was always a different set of circumstances. Right. But when they try to get away with something and not have their names attached to it, they can really get into some... Strange circumstances. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Okay, so 1949. That show was from 1949. Yep. I have some 1949 stuff. And Hooray! we have, courtesy of Keiko, for a second week in a row, we've got a Stump Walden question. No! Let's do your Stump Walden question, and then I can go back to the other ones. Okay. All right? And I have a brain teaser, and I have a baseball question. Are they all put in one package? No. Oh. After you get hit three times, which one would you like first? Let's go for the triv. The the Stump Walden question? Uh Uh-huh. All right. And this one, again, this is from Keiko, one of our listeners Mm -hmm. who's here in Florida. It's a Richard Diamond question. Okay. And he got me with this one. Boy, did he get me with this one. Ah. Richard Diamond had two professions before he turned private investigator. What were they? A uh, police officer. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the only one, and it wasn't. Hmm. Uh, was it a butcher? Butcher? Mm-hmm. You mean like meat cutter? Yeah. No. Something a lot more glamorous than that. With apologies to any butchers who are out there. I uh-huh. obviously love your job, <clears throat> I think. Want to think about that for a minute? I am thinking. What? I'm in deep thought. You're in deep thought. Okay. I, I don't want dead air, but I don't want to interrupt you either. Mm-hmm. So stop listening. Hmm. Keiko got Walden again. He didn't get you last week. You got him last week. Mm-hmm. This is 
is not dead air. This is yesterday. <laughs> this is Patricia and Walden on Saturday night, and every Saturday we have a stump Walden question, or try to stump Walden. It's very hard to do, and it looks like it might be happening tonight. Keiko, who is one of our Florida listeners, sent in a question that Walden is just not willing to say, I don't know about. <laughs> Richard Diamond, the detective, had two professions before he turned private investigator. Walden gave us one, New York City cop, and the second one is giving him all sorts of fits. This is a great excuse to eat popcorn. I beg your pardon? Just give me a great excuse to eat popcorn. Is that what you're doing? Uh-huh. Well, you're just going to have to say, I don't know. It's painful, I know that, but you're going to have to say it. Walden, stop uh-huh. eating. Be polite. <laughs> don't talk with your mouth full, and therefore that means don't fill your mouth. Well, yeah. that, it's, it's brain food. You have to say it, Walden. That's brain food. You have to say those words. You have to say them. Fuck up. You'll still be lovable. I know. I know. This is painful. I will tell you. Are you ready? No. No? No. Are you looking stuff up? No. I'm just, um, I'm going through all 99 radio shows in my head that I have. <laughs> I've listened to a fair number of them, and I did not hear this. And clearly, it had to be in the beginning, <clears throat> you know, when, when the character was first identified. Okay, well, a bodyguard? It was an OSS agent. Oh, I would never gotten that. I never would have. Yeah. I mean, Frank Race was yeah. the OSS agent. Yeah. And I thought he was the only one of that. And surely yeah. there must have been more. I'm, I don't think I've ever picked that up. So I wonder what episode he came back. I don't know. Good. I, it, it was, I confirmed it in Dunning's book, but he didn't identify which episode wow. or when it came out or under what circumstances. So, so now we have to go back and listen to Richard Diamond from the beginning. So Richard Diamond, before he became a private investigator, was a New York City cop and an OSS agent. That is Office of Strategic Services, which was the front runner to the CIA. Yep. And Absolutely. I got a whole bunch of early information that came from Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Huh. He started, let's see, uh, even before Pearl Harbor, President Roosevelt was concerned about American intelligence deficiencies. Yeah, Wild Bill Donovan, I think, was the head of this thing. That is exactly right. He appointed William Donovan, Mm -hmm. and uh, let's see, it it became, he was appointed as the Coordinator of Information, COI, to direct the nation's first peacetime non-departmental intelligence organization. How's that for a mouthful? (laughs) We could be in trouble by the time you finished saying it. America's entry into World War II in December 1941 prompted new thinking about the place and role of the COI. 
As a result, the Office of Strategic Services was established in June 1942 with a mandate to collect and analyze strategic information required by the Joint Chiefs of Staff and to conduct special operations not assigned to other agencies. And that eventually became the uh, CIA, mm -hmm. Central Intelligence Agency. So how about that? Yeah, good. Good, good. See, I did my homework. I did my homework. I'm mm -hmm. so proud of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of myself. So let's see, CIG, FBI, Rose, oh, my goodness. What a history. I, I got the history of the uh, CIA, <laughs> where that, that came from. And I even got it from a government site that was approved by all of the departments. Did you know I applied for the CIA? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you told me that. I know. Uh, okay, are you ready for your next one? I am. All right, Keiko, if you're listening, you got them. Hooray for Keiko! Let's play for double or nothing next week, Keiko. Yeah, well, you know what? Mm -hmm. I think he stumped you, so I think he deserves some kind of recognition here, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's willing to pay Patricia Walton a uh, round-trip ticket to Hawaii for his dumping Walden. I'm... No, 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 no. <laughs> Him something, because he stumped you. If you won, then maybe we could go after him for a ticket for you. <laughs> but, no, it, it was the other way around. Oh, oh, <laughs> you okay. to send him some radio shows. No, we could do that. Yeah, I think so, because that, that was a great question. Mm -hmm. That was a super question, and it wasn't something that he went out squirreling around looking for just to stump you. He knew it. He knew it. And he, he did ask a question, and I, I said, no, because that's, that's um, I have to go back and, and get the wording exactly right. I know. I see a new feature coming. You do? Yes, don't you? A new feature? Mm-hmm. Which is? Listeners submitting questions to Patricia for Walden. Oh, that, I mean, that's that's cool. Yeah, I, I almost see this new feature blossoming. Uh-huh. Now, Chad has offered a couple. Yep. And there, of course. Uh, Echo has, has given me two yeah. to work with. Yeah. And we'll we'll see who else can stump you on, on stuff like this. But Keiko's second question was, what... Do the Pink Panther and Richard Diamond have in common? Uh, Blake Edwards. You knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Are you proud of me? I know. Well, that's why I love my adorable. She's smart. I got one. I got one out of a thousand. This is good. I was so proud of myself. I, I told him I wasn't going to ask you that because it was um, movies, and. You know, you've, you've said a couple of times, mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're old-time radio, so yeah. I tend to try to stick to old-time radio, yeah. but... Well, see, I, the 60s, and at the 60s, I, I, if, if it's a movie from the 30s and 40s, I would be very, I think I'd be pretty good, but oh. but if getting to this new stuff... I knew that, yeah. and, and that's why I, I told yeah. him I wasn't going to ask it yeah. as part of the Stump Walden. But I remember, oh, yeah. I love, I always, as a kid, I love watching the Pink Panther cartoons. Oh. So they always used to have that music, you know. Okay, bum, now, it, bum, it, the connection bum, is the Pink bum, Panther bum, movies. Bum, bum, and bum, I, yeah, I, with Blake Edwards. And I thought I was doing a good thing. By you, were, really you were, needed. you were, you were. I always thought I got kicked out of the, night, the time when Blake Edwards uh, published his autobiography. Uh, Larry King had him on, and he was talking about Richard Diamond. He never... Really? Yeah. 
really wanted to move on, but I thought it was too bad he didn't let Blake talk about oh, his yeah. time. You know, that's, it's really, well, I suppose for a Larry King audience, old-time radio isn't, you know, at the top of the list. I know. Well, during the old days on radio, Larry King would stay with radio, but with case with CNN, it's a but different crowd. Larry King started on radio, for goodness sakes, he should have been more... That's right. ...more open to that. That's right. Okay. So here's your brain teaser. Mm-hmm. Your brain teaser. I didn't know the answer to this, and when I looked at the answer, because usually I ask the only ones that I can answer, but this one made me go, oh. <laughs> so I'm going to make you go, oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. What goes around the world and stays in a corner? A telephone. How could a telephone stay in a... You know, gosh darn it, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. But that's not the answer. Okay. Um, But, I mean, that would work. I mean, a phone is not always in a corner, but... Yeah. I'm I'm thinking the old days when you had the the Uh phone in the wall. I guess more in the wall rather than being in the corner. Um, Well, for heaven's sake, you know, you really are on target with that. Let me me think. Around the the world, it stays in the corner. Uh... Somebody's glasses? Shoes? Now stay stay with what you were, with the phone. Uh Uh-huh. You were in the right department. Okay. We're making Walden's brain... Yeah, how about an antenna? You know, you're coming up with some really good... (laughs) An antenna doesn't necessarily stay in a corner. That's true. This is absolutely in a corner. Standing on a corner, watching all the girls go by. That's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Walden has promised that he wouldn't sing. No, he didn't. I promised I wouldn't. Yeah. No, not Walden. That's okay. You can. can... I love my music. I see here. Um. Now the question is, what goes around the world and stays in a corner? T for two and two for T. You can ask for help out there. Do do do. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. I am looking for my hotline. I'm looking for somebody that can give me a lifeline. A lifeline. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. He needs a life preserver. Yeah. It goes around the world and stays in a corner. And we know it's not in 80 days. No. Um, one, one word answer. Hmm. Not anything elaborate. An umbrella? No. Shim chimney, shim chimney, shim chim tree. Um, a poco stick. We're really out of this, aren't we? Uh-huh. Are you ready? Yes. A stamp. Isn't that a cool answer? Stays in a corner? A stamp on an envelope is in the upper right hand. Oh, man. I was thinking geographically. I wasn't thinking of somebody what to put on. That's good. I like that. Oh, it goes around the world. Yeah, that's, that's good. In the corner. That's very good. What a great question. That's a super no question. Idea. I, I just bombed. Somebody was going to bail you out. Yeah, somebody knows the answer. Uh, Do you know the answer? I have a guess, but I don't think it's right. Okay, give it the answer, Fred. How about a boxer? A boxer, Patricia. That is correct? A boxer? No. So you, uh, help, help me understand this one. The, the, the description is 
what goes around the world and stays in a corner. Spiders fight all around the world. <laughs> but he doesn't stay in a corner. Well, yeah, he starts in a corner. He's, yeah, a box he does. He doesn't stay in a corner. This is stay in a corner forevermore while it travels around the world. Oh. I have no clue. Can I tell you then? Walden, Walden will tell you. Got it, Walden? Yep. She, Patricia says it's a stamp. It goes. That's very clever. I know. I it it it's beyond my brain. It was it was beyond mine too. I told him <laughs> I usually don't ask him questions that I haven't gotten the answer myself, but that one stumped me. I had no idea, and when I looked at the answer, I thought, Oh wow, isn't that a clever little little? But not every stamp travels around the world. Hey, what? Excuse you me. Heard me. Not, yeah, that's true. Not every stamp does travel around the world, I guess. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> picky, 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 mm -hmm. picky. Mm -hmm. Walton was in the right ballpark, though. He started out wearing a yep. telephone. <laughs> the world, I mean, that's, that's cool. So how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. How good? Oh, I'm always happy on graduation day. Oh, is it graduation today? Yes, it was. Oh, was it nice? Yes, it was. It was very nice. Without it went rainy, wet, but it was cool. Cooled off the jump a little bit, so that was good. Was it, was it originally planned yeah. to be outdoors? No, I wish they would have it outdoors. We always have it at hot gym. Yeah. Well, when I graduated, they used to at least have it at night. Now they have it during the day. It's even hotter. What? That's really odd. Hmm. I wonder how many other places have gone to daytime graduations. I wonder why they did it. It's a good question. I know we used to graduate, uh, I remember we graduated Friday night. Ah, uh, okay. So on a Saturday, more people, I guess everybody, almost everybody, would be available to attend, whereas on a Friday, traveling, I guess. Yeah, it could be. I think a lot of it has to do with... Uh, like, when we were growing up, the drinking age was 18. Uh, so they didn't do anything for us. They kind of let us go. We had our own party. And now they do stuff for the kids, too, all day Saturday. Yeah. They have, like, a... Like, like today, I think the kids went to, uh... Went to an amusement park up north, and then they went for, like, a ride on the lake, like a dinner cruise. Uh-huh. And then came back to school for, like, an ice cream social. Wow. Yeah, they do a big, big thing for them. Well, last year they went to Great Escape for the day. Who paid for bus. all of this? Um, so I think it's probably part, partially that too. So we have time to do stuff. But I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I just go where they tell me to go. I usually have like today. I had like three players that graduated. Kids that have played for me in the past. Uh huh. And one kid that I tutored graduated today, so that was kind of cool. Oh, how great. Yep. Yep. So that was fun. Sounds like a full day. It was. It was. Always a good day. Good. Full optimism, you know? Well, we're on a school theme tonight. Did you hear what our theme is tonight? Yes, before I fell asleep. <laughs> I did. You're, you're, are you... Are you up for the day or are you just taking a break from sleep for us? 
taking a break from sleep. I'll probably go back to sleep here. Okay. So I'm feeling very special I'm here. Dirty. Okay, so you know that the theme is school is out all over the place. When you were in elementary school, and I'm, I'm talking one through eight, grades one through eight, what did you want to do with your summer? What were you all excited about and couldn't wait for? One-on-one uh, -on -one baseball. One? And our friends used to do, uh, me and my friends used to do bike trips to Lake Dunmore by ourselves. Wow. And no parents, so that, one, that was pretty cool. <laughs> be like five or six of us. We had a state park about six miles away. We'd get a bunch of hamburgers and charcoal and cruise up the lake on our bikes and spend the day. Well, that sounds like a pretty cool deal. Did you go swimming, have a picnic? What did you do up there? Yeah, did it all. We ate, went swimming, you know, play wiffle ball, whatever we wanted to do. Did you pack a lunch, or could you buy it there? What's that? Did you pack a lunch with you? Like oh, we usually brought hot dogs and buns and stuff, and they had a little, uh, like, portable barbecue things uh -huh. all over the park. Yeah. Yeah, we cooked our own hot dogs. Oh, cool. Yeah, once in a while, if we had a lot of money, we'd even buy hamburgs. Well, usually it was hot dogs and, and buns, because they were cheaper. Uh-huh. How many guys used to do this? Well, we'd get probably seven or eight of us together. You know, sometimes it was three or four of us, but most of the time we could get seven or eight people. We'd, we'd cruise up. So it was a five-mile ride. It wasn't too bad. And then on the way back, we also used to stop on the way up. There was a place where uh, campers used to get all their spring water. Mm -hmm. We'd fill up a couple of gallon jugs of, 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 of uh, spring water, too to drink, and then we would head up, and then on the way back, about a mile from my house, there was a free swim spot, and by the time we got done riding our bikes back, we were usually hot again, so we'd stop and do one more dunk in there before we went home, and then swim on home, or bike on home. How many times a week did you do this? Oh, God, we would have done it every day if we'd had the money. Um, we probably did it like four or five times a summer. We'd have to save the money, you know, we'd have to save money to buy stuff. Yeah. Uh, it has to be on a day when we could do it. You know, I was on a schedule. My parents could find babysitters. Great, I could stay at home. But they ran a bakery, so if there was no babysitting, I, I'd go spend the day at the bakery, which I hated. Um, but there was, you know, it depends, it depends on basically finding the money and the time. But we probably do it, like I said, four or five times every summer. How old were you when you first did this? Like eight or nine. You wouldn't let kids do it today. You know what I was thinking of in today's environment? If seven or eight kids showed up on a bicycle, people would call the cops. Yep. Yep, they would. It's so sad. You wouldn't, you wouldn't dare let your kids out of your sight for that long. No. Not at that age. But even back then, oh, we we'd go all over the place without without parents. Yeah. We'd constantly. Safely. Um. Honestly, you know, it, it, if you and I think you'd probably be concerned as well if you saw eight kids each on a bicycle obviously together, show up in one place. When did this all change? I mean, I remember as a kid pretty much going out and
being um supervised going throughout the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, when did this all change? Well, there's still a little bit of it around here, but it's it's. it's... Uh, we used to ride, you know, like there would be there'd be parades in Brandon, which is like three miles away, like a Memorial Day parade. Mm-hmm. We'd ride together as a group and go down and watch that. You know, and then ride home. Or we, that's another thing we do. We'd ride in to Brandon three or four times a year, too. Cruise around Brandon all day. But I think it changed a lot with the more and more, there's more and more things got reported. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out exactly when did we make the total flipped over. Okay. I think it was a gradual thing. You but... think so? Yeah, oh, yeah, it was gradual, and I think it started in the 70s. Uh-huh. With the me generation, you know, we hear people talking about the me generation, yeah. and I think that's where it started. Mm. Everybody yeah. was entitled. Yeah, that's what I was. I would have been a teenager. I was 10 years old in 72. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're probably one of the last groups to actually have total freedom like that coming up through. Hmm. You know, um, I mean, it was, when I was a kid, there was still hitchhikers all over the place. Everywhere. Now you hardly ever see anybody hitchhiking. And now and then you do. Yeah. But it's just not as common as it used to be. The same kind of thing. People just don't trust each other. And I don't think it's any more or less dangerous today. I just think it's we're more aware of it today. Oh, uh, I don't think so. Well, it is a lot different. I, I think I think the danger was always there. It just was never. I mean, now we live in you know we live in a, a place where we get twenty-four hour news channel. So if somebody steals a piece of gum in North Dakota, we hear about it in Vermont for crying out loud. Yeah, but... Not bad, but you know what I mean? I mean, it's... An awful lot of... An awful lot more gum is being picked up today than it was 25 or 30 years ago. Yeah. Well, uh, I often know bad things you hit, you hit, that were done to kids, I think, might have been covered up. I think we try to yeah. open it up more today. I'm thinking. I don't know. That, I, just, I just think that... I, I'm not sure it was... But you did not have kids showing sure up it was ever any, with guns? Maybe it was true. a little, little worse today, but not I true. just kind of think we just hear more about it. And it makes parents... It I'm, makes, I, I would think about uh, the people who prey on kids. I, yeah. I'm thinking back in those days, it was more of a hush-hush thing. Mm-hmm. And here we try and encourage kids to talk about it, you know. Because, because most of that happens within the family. Yeah. I think an awful lot of hush-hush is still going on. Uh-huh. I know a lot of hush-hush is still going on. Right. But it's expanded to the outside. Right. Where yeah. kids I can remember, um, you, wouldn't you know, I was in Brandon one time and a stranger approached me and gave me 75 cents to buy something. And I took it. Yeah, I went in and I bought, so I forget what it was, baseball cards or something. And... I came back out, I went back down to the bakery, and I told my mom, and boy, she, oh, she listened to me. And one end down the other, never take money from strangers, and da 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 
I come to find out it was my mother's uncle. Your mother's uncle? Because he walked, yeah, he walked in the bakery 10 minutes later. It was my mom's uncle. He recognized me, but I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was. So then, well, so your mom was right. He was, she was right, yeah. He was. He was a stranger to you. Yeah. I said, that's what I told her. I said, she goes, where'd you get the cars? I said, this man gave me 75 cents. The what man? I don't know, some man. You know, I'll never forget that. She went to be good. Well, if you ever take money from somebody you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and now people show up with guns and take money from people they don't know. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway. That that's how we used to like to spend our summers. Uh, that play we used to play also this one on one baseball game. It was like wiffle ball, except we used uh, balls that were like the size of they were like little practice golf balls. And we would have a regular series, and we would have we would play 50 games a summer, like 12 of us that played, and then top five teams or six teams would make the playoffs. We had a whole play off a World Series thing in the fall. And we did that too. And that's how I spent my summers. That and sleeping out in a cabin we built. We used to do that too. What about the school season in Vermont from August or well, September? Start, now they start before Labor Day. Uh -huh. We never start until after Labor Day. Um usually the first right after Labor Day, that Tuesday. And we would run until like, June 4th or 5th or 6th, you know, first week of June. Uh, have they made the school day, the school year longer, Fred, or not? No, it's not any longer, and they got more days off okay. during the year now. So yeah, I guess it is longer on the calendar. Uh -huh. The summer vacation is as long. But they go to school the same amount of days. Okay. How about snow days? Did you get more days off? Yeah, we had to go an extra week. We would not. We would be done now. I got another week of tutoring though. If it hadn't been for the snow days. Hmm. Tell me what one-on-one -on -one baseball is. Oh, it was really cool. We had a. We we one out in inning. So you didn't get three outs. You only got one out. And you, uh, the pitcher's mound was probably 35 feet away. Everybody had their own little field, and every field had like an automatic double, triple, and home run area or a base hit area. And you just pitched the ball to the guy, and, and, and he had you know three strikes, four balls like regular baseball. And if he hit it, and you couldn't make a play on it, you could grab it and throw it over the base. Like if you grabbed the ball. You could throw it over the base before he got to the base and he'd be out. Otherwise, if it landed anywhere else, it was a, you know, an automatic hit. Either a base hit, double, triple, or a homer, if you didn't catch it. We played nine innings, you know, one out in inning. Um, we played each other, I think we probably played four or five games a week. And we, we had a whole schedule, we really got into it. We had a schedule and everything. You were busy kids. Yeah, we loved it. We, uh, it was a lot of fun. And I can also remember, we, we were really into sports. We also bought this, uh, 
Uh, Walla might have heard of it. APA baseball? Uh-huh. You bet. We bought our first game. I bought it when I was probably 12. And me and my best friend walked down to that post office every day for two weeks until it came. Uh-huh. And I'll never forget the day it came. What happened on the day it came? Like Christmas morning. <laughs> it was that good, huh? Oh, yeah. We just sat there and for hours just went through the cards, looking at the teams, played a couple games. Against the, oh, we had a blast. Yep. We ended up setting up a league in that, too. How much did the cards cost? The game? God, I don't remember. How much did the game cost back then? I just, about 10 years ago, I bought another version of it, a newer version. It was the anniversary to play with my nephews when they get older. Uh, and last, I paid 40 bucks for that game. I think when I was, I think in, in the 70s, I think I paid like 25 bucks. I think it was like 24.95. Oh, I don't remember though. Money. I remember I saved quite a while for it. You can either, either get that or the other the other kind. There's a bunch of them out there, but the other big one was Stratomatic. Yeah. That was another big strategy baseball game. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, my brother had that one when he was growing up. Then my cousin had one put out by Sports Illustrated where you, it was the same type of idea, but it was different. You know, just same idea, but different different company, different way to play the game. Um. And I had one downstairs that I found in my garage that actually has the different ballparks hmm. in it for distances. Right. So it, it actually goes to so far as to what what might be a fly ball in Yankee Stadium, a home run at Fenway Park. Right. They actually figured out that in the game. But yeah, we played a lot of strategy games. We ended up getting a, a friend of mine got the strategy in the APB football game. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember electric football? Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. They're having a lot of fun. Yeah, I have about I had about five or six of those. Yeah. My brother, my younger brother, got all the teams from the Sears catalog mm. for Christmas one year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and I remember, I remember a game. You remember a game called uh, probably not called uh, Sea Action Football? No, I don't remember that one. It was uh, it was a little cheap plastic slide projector. Uh huh. And it had a screen. And you had offensive plays. And yeah, you, yeah, and, and you had, is that the one you press on it and sort of kicked it and whatever? Uh, no. Okay. It was, picture two negatives. Okay. One one red, one blue. Yeah. And each negative has like a, each negative is a play, but it like goes, starts out with a guy setting up, and then it shows the guy's moving. Right. And what it would be would be you put the offensive play and the defensive play together in the tray. Right. And you would slide it through this projector, and it would show you the play on the screen, and it would show you the results. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. It was kind of a foolish thing. It, we had the kid. It was really cool. We had a thing called Monday Night Football. Remember the one with the with the deck, and you picked out what play you're gonna, and and, and then you stick it in your uh, radio, and it told you if, if you you know the down and distance, and you oh, made no, it. Oh no, that would have been cool. Yeah, it was a fun game. That would have been cool. But, yeah, there's a bunch of them out there. We got a, um, Patricia, you know, Patricia, uh, that was about it as far as... Patricia's question last week was, you know, what board games we remember, and I admitted that my family, we, we got about 34 board games around here in the house. Oh, God, it, yeah. You I, know... Well, we had everything under the sun. We used to have all the game shows. Uh-huh. 
Like the price is right. Uh, well, you had Hollywood Squares. Yeah, Family Feud. Yep. Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was that that one game that had about eight different names because all they, all they would do is change the pieces <laughs> and change the the way you rolled the dice. But it was basically the same game. You take Parcheesi. Yep. Sorry. Aggravation. Yep. Trouble. Yep. All the same game. Did you ever had the what, new? Did you ever had the what's that? What's that? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, you think about it. You all go around the board. You go home. You have the newlywed, or you send them back to where they start. You have the newlywed or the dating game, the board game. That I never had. They think that's my trivia. Who invented that board game? These are all based on television shows. Right. Yeah. Who? Here's a trivia question. Who invented the newlywed and? Uh, the dating game boy games. Frank Brzee. Yes, Frank. Know. Frank Brzee. <laughs> really? Yeah. Did you know they used to have a dating game online? No, I did it not. It was a blast. <laughs> the internet first, it wasn't for real. Uh-huh. I mean, you just got on there, you could play either the person asking the questions yeah. or the person answering the questions. It was like a social site. Wow, well, that, that could get I remember rough. playing it like when the internet first came out. Hmm. Wow. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, they had every single, every, every single uh, game show on television had their home, yeah, home version. I remember getting the uh, Hollywood Squares, because I got one, I had my last eye surgery down in Miami, Florida. And, you know, back in those days, when you had surgery, they didn't want you to travel, you know, to get back on the plane. So, I remember we bought that board game, basically to kill time. And, you know, and remember Peter Marshall was still hosting. The Hollywood Square right in the mid-70s. Yep. You know. I can't remember the password home game. I mm -hmm. had that. Mm -hmm. That was such a simple game. That was fun, though. We played that for hours. Uh, and The Price is Right had about ten different games in it, just like the real Price is Right. I did not know even they had one, huh? Oh, yeah, they had... I, I can't... I don't think it was, The Family Feud was fun. Mm -hmm. uh, that one was hard to set up. Uh, Jeopardy we had. Mm -hmm. uh, do you remember a game called Joker's Wild? Yeah, I sure do. Uh, had the whole Wade, game to that. White Martindale, yeah. Uh, I had the whole version to that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, had all the standards, you know, Monopoly, Shoots and Ladders, Life, Payday. Me and my mom used to spend hours playing a game called Payday. You know who owned, who owned Life? Who owns, who is the stock part owner of the boy game Life? Who? Art Linklater. Oh. His royalties were over six figures a year. Now, he that. was on one of the bills in there, wasn't he? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. I always liked their money <laughs> for that game. <laughs> the money that yeah. came with it. Uh-huh. they had real people. Right. I always thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I have a question for you, Fred. Okay. Were you listening last week? What's that? Were you listening last week? I fell asleep last week. No, wait, what happened last week? Yeah, I fell asleep this whole show. Okay, all right, so that that was a yes or no question. No, you weren't listening, so you don't know the answer to this. You haven't heard this before. Okay. We talked, we talked about Monopoly, and the question was, how many of the squares could you build houses and hotels? Oh, I can get this. Uh, let's see, one, two. <laughs> I, 
Kentucky and Illinois. Yeah, I was just getting yeah. those, but I just said Kentucky. And I think, wasn't there a Connecticut? Yep. Yeah, I said that. Vermont, okay, I'm trying to Connecticut think. Connecticut and, uh... Did you name Ball State Mediterranean? Yep. Okay. Park Place, Boardwalk. Yeah. And Ventura, Marble Gardens, Atlantic City. Yeah. What were the three before... Now you Between Marble Gardens and Boardwalk, those three. Uh. Marvin Gardens was yellow, right? Yeah. And, and and then there was another higher color right before Boardwalk and Park Place. Oh, hold on. I can't remember. Was, was that red? I'm trying to remember. I think it was... Um... Red was the ones you just got. They were before, right before Marvin Gardens. Okay. Gardens. I think we had purple, right? Didn't we have purple, blue, red? Yeah, purple was St. Charles. Yeah. Those, those there. Red was orange. Yeah, what was Kentucky, or Illinois. Orange was Kentucky, right? It was red, wasn't it? Okay. I'm colorblind though, so Yeah, well. Um We're all in the same but we're all in the same company. I think the three were the three I can't think of are the are right next to Boardwalk and Park Place. Huh. Other ones I think I'm missing. Well the other one I thought she was gonna throw at you. What what to um, position on the board have cards on them. Have cards on them. Yeah. You're drawing oh, cards. C-A-R-D-E-S. Oh, drawing C cards. Chest and, uh, chance. Yes. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. You're good. Very good. You're good. I play a lot of Monopoly. <laughs> I guess so. I'm, I'm looking for, um, Monopoly properties board game. Information about the properties. I'm looking for a list. And I'm trying to think, did you, didn't you should look up the total n number of dollars or something? I'm trying to remember some of your other Monopoly questions you had last week, Patricia. Now, if you can hold on just one second, I happen to have that here. Oh. I'm telling you, I'm so organized. You are adorable, too. I'm adorable. Yes. Adorable. Okay, it was in my notes, and we've got Monopoly. 
and Nupsy. We got lots of, oh, oh, the name of the little man. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, well, that one I don't think I can get. You know which little man I'm talking about, the millionaire with the... Yeah, I know I can picture him, but I didn't know he had a name. You didn't know he had a name? I didn't even know he had a name. His name, according to the information, and it's got all of the registered and copyright doodads on it, so I guess it's okay, is um, Mr. Monopoly. Oh, well, that's a, that would have been a good guess. <laughs> right. Okay, let's see. Parker Brothers. Um... In the 1970s, Walden, I didn't know this, and help me remember if I even mentioned it. Mm -hmm. In the 1970s, there was a Braille edition? Correct. Yeah, we you asked about it. It's, it's all one unit. After it doesn't I said fold. Out loud, I realized yeah. I ask it. There's a good question. Mm -hmm. and I, I don't know if I know the answer. How many special editions of Monopoly are out? Oh, gosh. Oh, good grief. I just opened a page, and it just went on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> Every baseball team's got their own, their own game. Every football team's got their own game. I think there's one for Star Wars. Wars. Probably Disney. You know. I think they used to, there was a company, too, that used to, uh, used to make them for your hometown. That would be pretty neat if that was the case. Yeah. They used to produce, you know, you'd send in the name of your town or a street map of your town and uh -huh. they'd do a Monopoly game based on it. Okay, I got the list in front of me here. And then we'll go back to the other stuff. The list of properties? Yeah. Okay. Mediterranean, Baltic. Yeah. Vermont, Oriental, Connecticut. Right. Saint and then it would be Virginia, St. James. Oh, wait a minute. St. Charles Place. St. Charles Place, Virginia Avenue, and... What was the other blue one? Uh, I want to say St. James, but that was that was North Carolina. There's the third blue one there, purple one, blue one. We already said the blue ones. We've got Oriental, Vermont, and Connecticut. Those are light blue. Right, Mediterranean, Baltic, and then the, what I'm thinking the next three are they purple? Whatever, I'm colorblind. But there was St. Charles, Virginia, and a third one with that same color. I have the list in front of me. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So we got through the light blues with Oriental, Vermont, and Connecticut. Mm hmm Then we get to St. Charles Place, which is a pink one. Pink. Okay. All right. And in then you've got the electric company, and States Avenue is on the other side. I didn't hey, realize that's that. That's right. I've forgotten about State, yeah. Oh. St. Charles and States Avenue straddled the electric company, and the third one in that set is Virginia. Yeah, that states was what I couldn't come up with. Okay. Yeah. St. Charles, states, and Virginia. And then you got North Carolina, Pacific, and St. James. Right? <laughs> We've got... Um, or New York. New York might be the next set. St. James, Tennessee, and New York. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, St. James Place, Tennessee Avenue, and New York Avenue. Yep, we got like Tennessee. Green, right? We've got Kentucky Avenue, Indiana Avenue, Illinois Avenue. Right. Those are red. Then Atlantic Avenue and Ventnor and... Marvin Gardens. Just, just let me see. Where is Marvin Gardens? Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay, the Waterworks is in the middle there. And Marvin Gardens. Mm. Yep. Pacific Avenue. I forgot about that one. Pacific Avenue, North Carolina Avenue, and Pennsylvania Avenue are all green. And they're right before Boardwalk and Park Place. Uh-huh, and then Boardwalk and Park Place. Okay. I should have pulled that list for last week. 
You did very well. You're a great boy. That's, that's... You came up with 15 of them. Walden got another three. I am impressed. <laughs> you have some of the qu qu other questions from last week on Monopoly, Patricia? I yeah, think? I'm looking at my list here. Yeah. Um, in the 1978 version of Nemus Marcus Christmas calendar, uh, Christmas catalog, they had a $600 chocolate Monopoly board available, <laughs> Whoa. which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I think chocolate for $600 is worth everything. <laughs> um, let's see what else we had here. Um, oh, the, the longest, the world's record. And maintaining the longest game, <laughs> this is cool, in a treehouse. In a treehouse. <laughs> in a treehouse, I swear. Two, uh, 286 hours. Round oh, wow. 100 hours. I want to ask. you imagine playing that game for 286 hours? Yeah, in a treehouse. Um, there's, there's a record set for playing Monopoly in a bathtub. <laughs> not say whether or not more than one person sat in the tub at a time. Well, we know Fib and Gilly's we can work on a watch in a That's bathtub. Right. That's right, but yeah. it doesn't. It also doesn't mention if the bathtub had water in it. I hope not. Uh, that'd be pretty soggy. Yeah. That'd make it very difficult to play. Now, here's a really good one. This is the last of the records. Playing upside down for 36 hours. <laughs> what was upside down? That was the game. I, I'm assuming it was people. Okay. That would be difficult. The longest Monopoly game ever played. Take a guess. I'll, I'll ask in how many days, not hours even. How many days? What was it? The longest, longest game ever? Monopoly game ever played. Longest game ever played. I would have no clue, but I'll guess 12 days. 70 days. 70 days? 70 days. It was 1,680 hours played over a period of 70 days. Now, that's a heck of a lot of hours when you consider you only get 1,168 hours a day. That, that's too much. Uh, not, not a day, a week. Uh, you only get 168 hours a week. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's obsessive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like, can you imagine staying in front of a board for that long? That, that's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> There's a problem there. <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah, somebody needs to see a doctor. Okay, let's that's see now. That's a long time. Um, for a game, if you win, you don't get nothing. <laughs> so you don't even know their names, you just know how long they played. Okay, Monopoly is published in 27 languages including Croatian, and it is licensed in more than, I, I love this, in more than 81 countries. How do you come up with more than 81 countries? Good question. If it's 82, why don't you say 82? Good point. I'd like to be the guy who, like, invented this thing. Right. His name was Mr. Darrow. Okay. It Charles was outside difficult of a concept, Darrow. really. It's a simple game. Charles B. Darrow, and it was it was put together during the Depression, which probably did a lot of his popularity. Let's see. Yeah. Um, dun dun The Landlord's Game, very similar. Darren Parker Brothers. Okay. Parker well, Brothers he, bought it from him, or? 
Or he was, or did he start Parker Brothers? Who did? No, Parker, Parker Brothers? Parker Brothers was actually a company by two brothers whose name, last names were Parker. So they buy the game from him, or? They bought the game from him, yes. <laughs> and I bet what he sold it for was nothing compared to what it ended up being worth. No. No. Uh, I just, Parker Brothers felt the family should play for approximately 45 minutes. The game should be finished in about 45 minutes. Eh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they missed on that one. <laughs> I don't think so. You can. I never played a Monopoly game that fast. You can take a bathroom break in 45 minutes, but that's about it. So, well, I have something for you. Okay. Because last week, one of the CD questions was how many properties can be purchased and built on? And you knew. 22. Yeah. Yeah. So I owe you a CD on this one. Well, since you're giving out Aldrich's, I'll make your life simple. How about the Aldrich family? Not the Aldrich family? Yeah. I can do that. You've got another one coming. Um, Cavalcade of America. I made a, a CD for you. Oh, you didn't a special one mail. coming. Is that true? You didn't get Cavalcade of America in the mail yet? No, and I haven't got the other one before that. And the other one before that was? Oh, the singer. The special one. Um, well, who was it now? <laughs> uh, Hold John, on. Johnny Mathis? Johnny Mathis. This is your life. I, I thought I, ma I did. I mailed the Johnny Mathis to you. I haven't got it yet. How about that? It, this is really interesting. That went out on Monday. I think it went out on Monday with the rest of them, and, and I'm getting emails that other people got there. So if oh. it doesn't... If it nope, doesn't, I haven't got it yet. Okay, well, it's coming. Cross my little heart. It's coming. Okay. So the Aldridge family will make you smile. Sounds good. Okay. I can do that. I'm, trying, I'm kind of interested in hearing Walden's baseball question. Oh, okay. Okay, let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got here. Hold on. Stump Walden. Got that, got that, got that. We're all the way down here. Walden's baseball question. Mm -hmm. What did Hank Aaron do on June 11th, 1972? Today is June 11th. Oh, we started the show on June 11th mm -hmm. anyway. Um, that was 1972. Yeah. June 11th. I got a guess. I do too. Okay, what's your guess, Fred? It is 600th home run. I, that's what I was thinking too. We're going to go with, Fred and I said 600th home run, Patricia. You guys are good. That's not the right answer, but you guys are really good. You're on the home, on the track here. He tied the National League record for 14 grand slam home runs. Wow. In a career, 14 grand slams. Hello. Yeah, but he—they he, were nine short of the all-timer. How, uh, how much longer from 1972 to Hank Aaron play? Uh, he played till 76, so four more years. So he must have had another one or, or yeah. in there somewhere. But, but, but somebody had 23. Mm-hmm. This was uh, when I looked up. Yeah. June 11th. Mm -hmm. This is one of the things that came up. So I'll, I should have gone back to see how many he had for a career total. And I don't know if I don't know if somebody's breaking the, the the record now or not because Luke Garrett had the most of all time. I think 23 still is. Yeah, you think it still is? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I will do my homework. You guys just keep talking. 
Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? You know, I'll tell you one, one trivia question I gave out, Fred, that went me a lot of bets. It went me uh, prizes on uh, Sport Talk Radio. Oh. Here's, here it is, folks. Name me the picture who is the youngest person to ever win a game in both leagues. In both leagues? Yeah. And I'll help out. We're talking pitcher here. Correct. I'll, and I'll give a clue, folks. He, he, he came up with the Yankees, won one game, traded away next season to St. Louis, and won the game. He was one of the top pitchers in the 1982 World Series to help the Cardinals beat Milwaukee. A left-handed picture. Any ideas, Fred? Oh, wow. Um. Hug McGraw. Oh, that's good. Yes, yeah, very good. Except it's not the right answer. But still really good. <laughs> Wasn't Tug McGraw lefty? Yeah, he was lefty. He came from the bullpen. But you're very right. He from? No. no. He wasn't been around 82, would he? Well, Carlson came up before then. Remember, he won, won the side again 10 years earlier. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, lefty for the Cardinals. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. It was Dave LaPointe, and I've won quite a few things just by knowing that. I wouldn't that have got that. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have got that. That was a toughie. I wouldn't have gotten that. I, I know. know the name that you recognize. I was... I remember him, yep. but I would never recall him on my own. That's true. He's one of those guys that, here's one for you. Yeah. Of course, this is being a, a Red Sox. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Uh, Diehard fan, mm -hmm. but now I gotta remember the name. Now, now I forgot the answer. This is blank. Uh, oh, Red Sox traded Bill Lee to the Expos. Yep, Wild Bill Lee, uh huh, Spaceman and, Lee. And, and they traded him after he was the all-time, he was the the, the, the leading left-handed pitcher in all of baseball. And they turned around and traded him that year to Montreal. Who did they trade him for? Seventy-eight, something like that. Is that about what he did? Seventy, seventy-eight, no nine. Seventy-nine. But it was a year after they blew the. I remember the the the, the down that stretch. When yeah. They blew that lead to the Yankees. Yeah. That thirteen that thirteen game lead. Yeah. Pitch him against the Yankees, and he was a Yankee killer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's his name? Zimmer didn't like him. <laughs> him and him and Zimmer didn't get along at all. Mm. Uh. But he got traded the following year to Montreal. Yeah. And the, the question, and Red Sox fans, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this guy's name. Yeah. But he's certainly not somebody you, I'll give you a clue. He's not somebody that you would expect to get you an all-star left-handed pitcher. Hey, so it's not a pitcher, right? No, it's not a pitcher. I don't know. You might not have even ever heard of the guy. Okay. That's how lame the trade was. But they traded Bill Lee, who had just won 17 or 18 games at Fenway Park, nonetheless. Yep. yep. For Stan Pappy. Oh, my. 214 lifetime hitter. Yep. Well, I'll tell you here's one, and I think Patricia might get kicked out of this one. What, space, what baseball announcer, radio announcer, got traded for a player? Oh, that I would like to know. I don't have no idea. Oh my goodness! Got traded for a player. Correct. Basically, after he was announcer, he was an announcer, and and a team, the team wanted to sign him. They, you know, he was in the minor leagues, and the team wanted to sign him. Uh -huh. 
And they asked him, I said, okay, well, what are you going to give us in the trade? So they sent the other team a player for him. Hey, wait, wait. Wow. And he wound up being a Hall of Fame broadcaster. Hey, wait, wait. Uh, oh, you're good, Patricia. That's very good. But what some, do you do? What team? Well, most people would not. Uh, I'll give, he, 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 well, I'll give. I'll, I'll he, 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 he came up in the major leagues with the Dodgers and then the Giants. And he spent most of his career with Detroit. Oh. Good Scully? N no. Lost. Ernie Harwell. Oh, I wouldn't have known that one. Ernie Harwell was traded for a player. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What did he announce for? Yeah. Who did he announce for? Detroit. The Detroit Tigers. How would I know Detroit Tigers? I'm a New York kid. But he, yeah, he, he, but he came up with the giant, the Dodgers and the Giants, so. Before they went? Where is this? Yeah. They left there's, New York? Yes. Right there. Why? Yeah. Doing baseball Elliot. games over the radio. Say again, uh, Fred? Yeah? Say, I, I missed what you said. Uh, doing baseball games over the radio. That is an art form. Yes. It really is. Yeah. Um, I can, I, I like reading about the days when they used to recreate the games. Y yeah, well, uh, there you go. What, what famous, uh, what famous Hollywood movie star had a career doing, um, Recreation of baseball games. Was it Reagan? You're very good. It was Ronald Reagan. Yeah. That was my answer. I, I know. You know your baseball, Patricia. Boy, honestly, he jumped in. I'm on duo. I know. I know. That you want a do-over. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get that one? I'm sorry. Would have gotten that one. Oh, I'm sorry. One out of 2,000. I want a do-over. <laughs> <laughs> I have Grand Slam home runs here. Okay, what you got? I got Lou Gehrig is still at the top of the pile. He's still at the top. Wow. Manny Ramirez and Alex Rodriguez, 21. Two cheaters, they don't count. <laughs> they what? They, they took steroids, they don't count. I'm with you. If they were on, if they were on roids, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I'm serious. If anybody is, they, every record should be discounted mm -hmm. if they are found to be on drugs. Mm -hmm. Well, both those guys have been proven to be. Every single one of them. Ramirez just retired this year because he got caught again. Well, you know that's it. I don't know. I I, I don't want to go there. <laughs> I hear you. Eddie Murray and Willie McCovey. Oh, what about heroes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, played for the Giants for years. Which one, Willie McCovey? Yeah. Okay, well, he had 18, Murray had 19, okay. Robin Ventura, 18, Jimmy Fox, and Ted Williams, 17. Two Boston Red Sox, yeah. Hank Aaron, 16. So he had two more after oh, yeah. June 11th, okay. 16 Grand Slam home runs. Good career. Dave Kingman. Oh, yeah. Ruth, oh, Sky Kingman. Dave Kingman and Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron all had 16. Wow. Childhood. 15. Carlos Lee, 15. Yep. Richie Sexton, 15. I don't know these names. They're current. They're current. Probably hit off a few years. They're, they're current. Okay. Joe DiMaggio had 13. Yep. Uh, Mark McGuire had 14. Gil Hodges had 14. McGuire don't count either. We're into the old ones here. Roger yeah. Hornsby. When, when, is he current? He go back to the 20s. To the 20s? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He had 12. Yep. Um, Rudy York, Byron, da, 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 Adam Dunn, Hank Greenberg. Dunn's still playing. Yep. Reggie Jackson had 11. Reggie, yeah. How many's Dunn got right now? Say what? How many's Adam Dunn have? 
Adam Dunn. I don't know. Let's you just read his name. I think it might be either 12 or 13. Oh, there he is. Uh, no, he had 11. 11. He's still playing. That's why I wonder. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I can do the one you've so far, I think. Is Travis Hafner still playing? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Derek Lee? Yeah. Uh, Derek Lee, yeah, he might be. Yeah. With Atlanta. Yeah. Okay, then these must be the guys who are listed in bold are the ones still Current. playing. Okay. 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 Now I got it. Tory Hunter, is he still playing? Yep, yep. with the angels. He's up to 10. Huh. Um, I'm looking for names I recognize from, you know, old-time stuff. Yogi Berra. Yogi was the one I was thinking Yogi. of. Yogi. Yogi's a great guy. Yeah. Yogi Berra. Um, he, he was a good announcer. Yeah. Um, he had nine. Which is kind of interesting. He was a catcher, wasn't he? That's right. Yogiisms are great. You ever hear some of them? Uh, some of what? His phrases. Oh sure. Yeah. Oh sure. Um, he's, it ain't over until it's over. It ain't over until it's over. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. deja vu all over again. <laughs> that one. This is amazing. My bunch of them. Had, he was a catcher and he had nine Grand Slam home runs. What a valuable player yeah, that guy was. Yeah, he was a good hitter. There's no doubt about that. I think he was MVP three times, so he was a good player. Should have been was. 16. He, yeah. was, he was a good manager, too. That's true. Mickey Mantle and Stan Musial had nine. Uh, Stan just passed away. Oh, did he really? Yeah. That's right. I remember That's right. thinking about that. Yeah. Sammy Sosa, nine. Nine. A lot of them had nine and eight. Dick Allen, Buddy Bill, Norm Cash, um, Dickie. Awful lot of names I don't recognize here. I left off with Mickey Mantle. <laughs> <laughs> you do good, Patricia. Oh, uh, Willie Mays. What did Willie have? Willie Mays had Favorite eight. Player of all time. Say, uh, say, hey, kid. Yeah, hey, hey, Willie Mays. Yeah. yeah. Right next hey, in kid. Captain Second. Oh, Rip Captain Man. Carl. Relatively recent. That's right. He had eight. Daryl Strawberry, eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, my gosh, this list goes on and on and on. Ken Boyer. Who's that? Third baseman for the Dodgers, I think. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Back in the 60s, maybe. Back in the 60s. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know how many more we got going here. They <laughs> must have the entire list. They must all go down to number one. Oh, Oh, Walden, there are thousands here. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It goes down to, let me see if there's somebody here who had one. Uh, no, two is the lowest number. you got to have two to get on the list. Past of thousands. <laughs> yeah, it is an exciting moment, though. You get the bases loaded and you yeah. park one. When they got down to the twos, number two, they started putting them in alphabetical order. <laughs> Oh my God! Really? There, there must be at least a thousand names here. Well, you think about it. You think there's a question for you. Since Major League Baseball became organized into Major League Baseball, how many games have been played? Ooh, man. Yeah, I mean, you figure. Hives here with all of these S words. Thousands every year. Yeah. I'm having hives. S words. S words all over the place. Well, you think, uh, what? Eighteen sixty-nine. Was it 1869, 1870? Or, or 1874. I get college football, 1869. So I think the major league one was 
They have records. Yeah. Did they break them up prior to 1900 and after 1900 or something? I've never, I got two baseball encyclopedias. I haven't gone back to see, I think they go back to the 1800s. Yeah, late 1800s. Yeah. I know they had, like, when it first came out, they had traveling teams. Correct. They would travel around, play different communities. Yeah, I mean, because the original, the Cincinnati Regulars were pretty much a traveling team. I would consider the first really professional baseball team. Okay. Yeah. That was, How uh, many games played? Well, well, it's a great sport. I'm just thinking, yeah. Patricia. This is strictly yeah. a calculated guess. I would say we're, we're over a quarter of a million games. 250,000 games would be, be my guess. Yeah, it's got to be close More to that. More than that, we're talking over 100 years here. Right, 100 years, let's say 1,000 games a year, there's 100,000 for one league, you know. I, bet, I wouldn't be surprised if it's close to half a million. Yeah. Wow. Baseball. Yeah. A lot of stuff. A lot of baseball. I, you know what I miss, though? They don't they don't play it as much anymore. I miss day baseball. You miss what kind of baseball? Daytime. Day baseball. Playing, you know, playing under the sun. Well, just think of all when we kids were going to school. We still had playoff games and everything was still daytime, and teachers would pretty much sneak a TV set in or uh, let a kid bring a radio in just to keep track of the playoff games. I can't remember going to the bathroom every class. Yeah. And turning on my portable radio to catch the score. Yeah. Yeah. I went uh, to the and, wrong. And even though, <laughs> no, Patricia. I... And, and even when they had night, you know, when they had lights, mm -hmm. they would still play on the weekends. They would still play. Right. Now they don't, now even on the weekends, nine times nine times they play night games. Maybe Sunday's about it. Yeah. Maybe. And sometimes when the, when you first get started during the year, up north it's too cold at night. Right. They'll play some day games. Right. But normally it's 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 it's. You know, like I said, less than Sunday afternoon. Like the Red Sox played this afternoon, which was very unusual. I enjoyed it. You know, Saturday sure. afternoon game for sure. Um, but you know, I, I can remember too uh, listening to games on my radio. Right. And uh, late at night, listening to 1080 out of Hartford. You guys do a lot of stuff, wasn't? One of your guys used to do a show out of 1080, didn't he? Sport Talk here, 714-545-2071. Hello there. Hello. Hello. Is this Larry King? <laughs> you sure is, Mr. Kiddo. Hi there. How you doing? I'm doing great. Are you back from Disneyland or whatever you took, the Disney World, wherever you took the grandkids from last weekend? Yeah. Uh, they, they got to go with the um, father and the other grandfather. <laughs> So, so you, you were off the hook. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, uh, having trouble hearing you a little bit. Let's see. Talk to me. Yeah, you're sounding a little bit echoey here. Let me turn. Uh, oh. <laughs> but the sound of the tone, the time will be. The time will be. I was turning known volume up for him to hear us, but it didn't work for him. Oh. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Hang on, folks. I think Nolan Kerner just disappeared. 
What happened? I think he's trying to set up to play something for us. And he disappeared. He broke my brain. <laughs> no, he didn't really. Okay, I will I will give you some you want some useless but fun stuff while while Nolan is straightening out his uh, his side over there? Sure. Okay. I'm going to mark these as we go through because I will have some left over for next week. You sure? Television sets. For the first time in history, the number of households with TVs has dropped. No kidding. Yep. Are you there, Mr. Kenner? Yes, I am this time. Ah. Here in force, nearly. I'm going to turn my satellite receiver off so I don't hear you twice. Although that's not This is just the USA. That's Patricia. I'm Ron. And over there is Nolan Kennel. Everybody's in the corner. How am I sounding? You're sounding good. Right, Patricia? Here. Yeah, a little echoey on my side here. Okay. Um, that's probably the speakerphone. Let me, um... How about now? A little less echoey? Yeah, oh, that's fine. Okay. Very good. Um, how's everybody on this, uh... Sunday morning. <laughs> well, we were fine. I have a... We all, uh, we all started talking S-words. I'm sorry, he talking what? They were all talking S-words. So what? Walden is fine, and I'm having hives. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I, w I was hoping we could uh, contribute more to uh, Patricia's knowledge of cowboys. And, oh, terrific. Uh, Ray. Saturday matinees. All right. What you got? Roy Rogers did a song called Cowboy Heaven. Yeah. Huh? The song was uh, based on the fact that he dreamed he was in Cowboy Heaven and he got to meet all of these people that had gone before him. Oh, I've heard that, yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing about that, of course, is that all the people that mentioned have gone before him, including him. Mm-hmm. So there's one section where he talks about the people that are already there and the horses that are there and the big book that says who might be there in the next hundred years. So uh, it gives some names and things that uh, would help you understand why front row kids were, uh, you know, there every Saturday, and these movies didn't uh, weren't in uh, Rockefeller Center or any of the theaters that you would attend. And uh, of course, you didn't have grass out in front of your house either. <laughs> I didn't live in the city. I lived just outside the city. Oh, did you? No, so I had grass. Yes. Always a chance. I know what grass looked like. What you, you say you want to hear Roy? Yeah. Okay, let's see if we can do this. make perfect. himself, Gabby Hayes, and he said to me, he said, Roy, the big boss of the riders up here asked me to kind of show you around. Now, right over yonder's a few of your old saddle pals. 
My, was I glad to see him. Bud Jones, Tom Mix, and the old high noon singing cowboy, Tex Ritter. I dreamed I was dead in cowboy heaven. Oh, what a beautiful sight. It had me shake hands with William S. Hart, Hoot Gibson, Wild Bill Elliott, Ken Maynard, Hopalong Cassie, and then he showed me the heavenly tack room with the saddles mounted with pure silver and gold, and the bridles were marked Trigger, Tony, Champion, and many more. And then he said, Roy, step over this way. There's a couple of more of your pals I know you'll want to see. And there they were, standing side by side and smiling at me. Alan Rocky Ling, Tim Holt, and Johnny McBrown. I met all the stars in he expected to be riding this way, say, in the next hundred years or so. And he handed me a beautiful book, just covered with stardust. Gabby called it the Big Pally Book. In it were so many names, and each one was branded in pure gold. I opened the book and started reading some of them. Bob Steele, John Wayne, Gene Autry, Sunset Carson, Lice LaRue, Charles Sterrett, the Durango Kid, Rex Allen, Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers. Oh, and that's when I woke up and I'm sorry I did. Because I dreamed I was there in cowboy heaven. Oh, what a beautiful I think that came out around 76. That's seen what I remember when that song came out. Maybe I'm off a little bit. There were names in there I didn't recognize. One of them was Sunset. Yeah. Sun Sunset who? Sunset Carson? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who, 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 who? Who? Who was what? Sunset Carson. Who was that? Big, big cowboy. <laughs> no, it was a cowboy. Oh, cowboy. <laughs> Of course it's a cowboy. It was in Roy Rogers' song. Was he movies or television? Uh, movies, yeah. Movies. Movies. Hmm, how about that? Let's, uh, let's see, there's one other thing here that requires a big fanfare, and uh, and we'll come back, okay? Sure. About this time, Patricia, I think the folks here at the party would like to have a song from you. How about it? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Somebody better go pack some food because you're going to need it while you're waiting. <laughs> oh, that's good. Nolan, did you do that? Was that your voice? That was Roy Wait, where did... Where did Nolan go? Right here. He he's underneath the table. <laughs> I'm, I'm hiding. <laughs> that was good. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh. We didn't know you knew him that well. Oh yeah, well you you don't know what you're asking for. <laughs> you just hang out with the biggies, obviously. The FCC have anything to do with internet radio? 
So I'm having a little trouble hearing you here. Um, does the FCC have anything to do with Internet radio? I don't think so. No, they do not. So if I sang, everybody would be safe? Yes. The station wouldn't come off the air? And yes, yes, we'll be safe. I'll, I'll think about it. Are you going to sing, you mean? Yeah, you know, uh, if if we do, I'll, I'll hire a Percy Face Orchestra and have a really nice uh, arrangement behind you, Patricia. Drown me out is the word. No. <laughs> <laughs> there are several things that I cannot do. There are many things I cannot do. And sing is one of them. I know the feeling. You know, I mean... That was really fun. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation, but I respectfully decline. <laughs> that was cute. He understands, of course. Yeah, that was cute. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome. A little radio magic. I guess. It sure sounded like it. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. I can't, can't complain for a guy my age up earlier this morning. <laughs> I, um... Are you up with the coffee now? Yes, uh-huh. Oh, good. Gradually waking up. I take mine high octane and black, thank you. I understand. I have that written down somewhere. <laughs> we, um, got, uh, did you get uh, some science fiction from South Africa from me? I did so. I sent it, uh, an email. The envelope is here. Um, while, while you were probably not listening, I mentioned earlier I'm going to put some three-cent stamps on it because the cost of additional ounces of first-class stamp is still 44 cents, but the second ounce and from there on has gone from 17 cents to 20 cents. Oh. I figure if I put some three-cent stamps on there, they'll figure out that, you know, we, <laughs> you know they're not going to pull it because it looks like it doesn't have enough postage. So... I'll, I'll put your Green Hornet and X minus one or whatever I made for you. I will put them in there and, and return it. All right. I'm going to have to start cutting it open on the bottom, I think. <laughs> it's looking pretty tired. Isn't it? <laughs> this thing is going to disintegrate before before the stamps are canceled. Um, the best I can figure is that it has just completed its 12th mission. Wow. The eagle has landed. That's over and beyond the uh, call. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the the moral of the story is, is one day when the when your CD arrived without the package, delete the post. People <laughs> know where it went. When the address label is stuck on the CDs themselves, yes, yes, we we have Houston, we have a problem here. I have a question for you about the shuttle, Nolan. Uh, about the what? About the shuttle Endeavor when it came in about a week and a half ago. Yes. It came over my apartment. No joke. It came, it, the, the flight path was right across my county. And it was about 2.30 in the morning, and I was sitting here, and I heard, boom! It was the sonic boom. It was the shuttle going over. Did you get a boom over there? Uh, we can, out my bedroom window, as a matter of fact, is normally the, where we could see it, but it was too cloudy. Besides, you couldn't see the, the trail or anything. Did you get a sonic boom? Uh, no. no it, oh, boy, uh, I feel special now. It was normally incredible. You know, and after after it had sounded, at first it made me think of an explosion. I thought, no, it sounded like a sonic boom. What are we having a sonic boom at 2.30 in the morning? And I had the news station on, and just as I heard the boom, 
they they switched to live coverage of the shuttle landing. It was crossing over the state and was getting ready to land. It was so cool. It really is. I've seen uh, several of them. The uh, moon launch years ago was most spectacular because the night was so clear. Oh, wow, yeah. It was so so huge and so much fuel carried up. It just almost lit up our backyard. And we were, we were uh, 50, 60 miles away from Cape Canaveral. That's not very far when you're talking about space shuttles going up and... and you know, and, and rockets, and that's that's not a whole lot of miles. So I guess you really did have some pretty good views. It depends on the a- atmosphere and the yeah. clouds. And so yeah. Forth. I'm a little bit catty corner from the Space Center, so my guess would be probably about 140 miles, maybe 150 miles from me, and that, that's kind of far. Uh-huh. So I've seen some dots going up. Uh, at night, there were a couple of night shots that it was clear enough for me to see them, but I never had a sonic boom before. That was so cool. Uh-huh. Well, good. Yeah, that's my my part in history was hearing a sonic boom. I sent an email to you. Do, do you want uh, some? I have the last three of the series. I don't know if it's the last or not, but it's the last for me in the uh, South African suspense. Or do you want to go to something else? Oh, um. Let's go to something else. Okay. Or no, is, it, is that the whole set? I, you know, I don't know. I, you're more familiar with it than I am. I just happen to have those six and, and, uh, that I acquired somewhere along the way. Okay. No, let's go to something else. Okay. What have you got in your Christmas selections? Christmas. Uh, I've just about depleted that, but let me look and I'll let you know. Yeah, well, boy, I mean, you sent an awful lot of Christmas, which I just love. Um, I found some Christmas radio stations on iTunes. Oh, uh-huh. It is just so cool. Let me let me make sure I have the correct category here. Boo, 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 boo. Boo, 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 boo. Do not go away. I was telling Walden about it, and he's all excited. It, on, under radio on iTunes, uh-huh. it is the top category, adult contemporary, and there are close to a dozen Christmas stations there. Oh, Christmas 24 hours, huh? 24 hours a day, all year long. Isn't that oh, fun? How many shopping days do we have left? July's almost here. I know. <laughs> we only have about two weeks. Where do we have Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas. Where is Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas. Okay. Fourth of, what day do we celebrate Christmas in July? Um, well, we have five choices. Oh, okay. Gee, I never even thought about that. Well, you, you can't be late with your gift. <laughs> no. Walden? Uh-huh. Sit in there somewhere. This is a crisis. We never picked Christmas. I know. Had Walden had anything to do with it to be the whole month? <laughs> well, we, we have five. Let me think. Uh, it starts in, what, two weeks? Well, I'll be in three weeks, because the two weeks, if you count today, a week from today, we're still here, two weeks, you're off, because... Oh, two, three, okay. I'm in Seattle, so it starts July 2nd. Okay, so it starts July 2nd, that's three weeks. Yeah, July 2nd, July 9th, July 16th, my dad's 80th birthday, uh, 23rd, we should do the 30th. Okay, which, which night, um, which Saturday night would you be doing the Colorado show on that one? Uh, probably the 23rd. About the 23rd, okay, yeah. so. 
I will make this late. Okay, so we can celebrate Christmas, Christmas, mm -hmm. Christmas on the 30th. Does that meet with your approval, sir? Oh, fine with me. <laughs> okay, Christmas for real. All right, Christmas. We can, okay. Next year, what we're going to do is ha we're going to have everybody bringing uh, a gift. That way, we'll have a family uh, exchange. That way, everybody don't have to buy everybody for the family. Just bring one gift or have a gift exchange. And, and you have Patricia's name on each one. That's of right. <laughs> <laughs> do I know how to operate or what? Ah, uh, yes. I think you learned from Lucy. <laughs> Lucy from the Peanuts. I think you got Lucy. that down pat. Okay, Nolan, what do you want for Christmas? I was going to say, Patricia could sing uh, Happy Trails. Uh-huh. And uh, good old Christmas song. What did you say, Pitch in? That's what you want for Christmas? What do I want for Christmas? Yeah. Oh, um, I should have thought about it. I, it's slipping up on me. July comes around so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> good one. <laughs> I don't know. At this point, I'll, I'll make my list, though. Yes, well, you've got you've got a couple of weeks here, but um, we have to hurry because we're here at the 11th. We've only got one, two, um, like two and a half weeks to do shopping. That's not a long time. So you better get your list in next week. Yeah, I better get in gear. Yeah, because that'll only leave us a week and a half. And we know how the stores are crowded. idea here. I've always thought we should celebrate the 12 days of Christmas, the 12th day being January 6th as Christmas. There are, are some uh, Slavic countries that celebrate Christmas on January 6th, and I think it's a dynamite idea. When you live in Florida, they all look alike. Yeah, well, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, they do. They look pretty much alike, but you get the the post-Christmas sales. You're not killing yourself in the malls. I think it's a good idea. Well, I'm with you. Anything you guys want to do? No, nobody has, has volunteered to be the person who brings it up to the public. <laughs> I don't think I'd get very far, but I, I think it's a great idea. Sure. It's, it's when the Magi was supposed to have uh, given the gifts to the Christ child, so it you know, it just seems like the reasonable thing to do. Well, you have my vote. Okay, that's one. Walden? You bet. I know what you're going to do. You're going to, to keep December 25th and have an extra one. Uh-huh. You're not going to trade yours in. Well, as I'm walking back over here. Uh, you know, that's why I chose the 30th. That way I could have five extra days this year. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm talking December and January. I want to move Christmas to January 6th. Well, I'm all favor with that. Why don't we just get, have a bonus day and take the 7th? See? I knew it. Mm -hmm. I knew it. Mm -hmm. So, Nolan? You. For Christmas in July, are you going to be able to play the captain for us? The Christmas the, the captain? Play, play what? You're, um, the, the captain, the show that you had in Germany. Oh, sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, you did ask for that. Yeah. I, I had an idea after that was maybe if he is willing and he can stay up late, um, 
producer on the show to talk about the program. I've done it before. He has other insight into it that might be interesting to you. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, this, are you really talking about your partner? Yeah. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Actually, not my partner, the producer of the show. Right. My partner's passed away, sadly. Right. Oh, okay. But the, uh, the guy that all the pressure was on to take uh, about 14 minutes of stuff and edit it down to seven. Uh-huh. And make sure that the outtakes are out. And uh, yeah, he had a full head, head of hair when we first started. <laughs> And I bet it had color to it, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Where is he? Where is he located? He's up, up north, let me think. Um, up in New York State somewhere. I have it in my address book. I can't bring it up right now. So East Coast. It really would be very late. Yeah, it is the East Coast. But, yeah. Uh, are, are you, I know you, you work on a strange clock as well, because you're up before I'm going to bed, and... This is odd. Hey, we could, we could do it in the morning. Now, I was just going to ask if we did it first thing when the show started, like 10.30 or 10.45. Would that, do you think that might work? Well, if we can call you guys at 5 in the morning, when we're still yeah. on anyway. No, we can't. Well, yes, we could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the clock. Yes, we could. <laughs> let me ask, let me ask him. Yeah, at, um, if, okay, we'll get back but, if he could do it at the beginning, otherwise, as Walton just said, we could tape it, you know, record it, and, and play it on the show. It would be so much fun if people could call in, though, you know? Yeah, that, that's right. I think that would, that would make it fun. Yeah. Um, What's his name? Steve Singer, as in the... Uh, oh, you told us that before, haven't you? Uh, did what? I said you've, you've mentioned his name before. That was my fault for not remembering. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, we, we were uh, quite a team. He, he was quite a guy. He's very, very talented, very funny. He came up with a lot of the music and the things that went, went that put the show together. Okay, this this will be good. This will be good. If he got upset at Thurman or the captain, who was he going to get upset with? Who's going to be upset? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If if one of you, uh, if Thurman or the captain, who would be more likely to get into trouble? Let's see. It was sort of like um, Laurel and Hardy. Frickin' frack. Okay. <laughs> Stanley would set something up, meaning well with it, but it would go awry, and Ollie uh -huh. would end up getting hurt or nearly hurt. He never really got hurt, but uh -huh. inconvenienced, we'll say. That was that was kind of the way it was. The professor uh, would come up with ideas to um, for a new dry cleaning system or something of that nature. And, <laughs> Captain was uh, reluctantly willing to participate in the experiment. Yeah. He flunked out of the, the pirate academy. He came to swashbuckling. He couldn't buckle his swash. <laughs> we know how that handicaps a pirate. <laughs> and this man is able to sit up and take nourishment still? Yeah, no, not, not uh, the captain. He, he passed away about... No, I mean Steve. Steve, after, after oh, yeah. all of this stuff to him, he's still able to sit up? Yes, he's still working. As a matter of fact, uh, he has a company that uh, makes... I'm not really sure. It's, it's some sort of paper that is for checks and things where you can't uh, forge it or... Oh, wow, yeah, the security paper. Yeah, yeah. And he had a patent on one of his own. He, he's done very well. Good for him. 
in spite of everything you two tried to do to him. What did we In spite of everything the two of you tried to do to him, he succeeded. Oh, I don't know. Um, he was smart. He bailed out of broadcasting <laughs> right after the Army. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's funny. That's funny. So you had a good time with the grandchildren? Again, please. Did you have a good time with the grandkids? Oh, yes, yes. They're, they're brilliant. <laughs> really, really enjoyed it. But first time I've had them to where I can read to them and, uh, you know, the beginning of their personalities are developing. Uh-huh. They're just very, very happy. They've got very good parents. I'm very proud of them. Uh, that's so nice. Are they walking? Oh yeah. Oh boy. Just just prior to talking, they, they're they're preemies, of course, and they're twins, and they communicate with each other, but the, the words we don't understand yet. Uh huh. They have their own life. Are they identical twins? I don't think I asked you that. They are not. No. They are not. <laughs> so they've they've got their own communication system set up already. Yeah, that's right. And they're. Uh, that's pretty common among twins where they, they truly have their own language, and mom and dad are kind of at a loss, but the kids know what they're talking about. There was one little clip that was running on the Internet with two twins talking in front of in the kitchen. They were just jabbering and back and forth and making gestures and pointing to things, and I noticed one pointed to his foot, and, and then the other one talked a little bit, and then he pointed to his foot, as if they were comparing uh-huh. stubbed toes or something. Yep, I saw that. It, it, Mark, it, remarkable it, little clip. It really was. They had it going. Mm-hmm. In, in my previous life, I worked with a set of identical twins, and they had this communication system from the time they were little kids. They could talk with each other, and nobody else knew what they were talking about, and they didn't know. Other people didn't know that, what they were talking about. But it was it was really interesting to hear the two of them talking with each other, and actually talking in pieces, and the other, you know, I mean, they, they knew what, what was going on in the conversation, but nobody else did, because all we got was, were pieces and words. My mother had twin sisters, uh, and uh, my aunts, I guess. Uh-huh. They uh, would occasionally, back in the old days when telephone calls were operator-assisted always, long uh-huh. distance, you, know, you would get uh, central or the operator on the phone and tell them, you wanted such and such number in such and such town, and it would be the long-distance operator. And more than once, their calls would connect Atlanta or somewhere where they had called at exactly the same time. Wow. And the operator in Atlanta said, I have your party on the line. Found together. That's spooky. Uh-huh. But not uncommon. Not, not with them, it wasn't. I mean, oh. they were really, really close. Not uncommon. Yeah. But let me get out of the way. I, I may wake up here and so with my voice, and I'll be ready for the day. <laughs> well, thank you for the invitation to sing, and thank you for the Cowboys. That was really fun to listen to Roy Rogers. You're going to be right up there with us if you'll uh, check that Cowboy channel occasionally and that <laughs> list of horses that you've got. And if I sing, I have to sing, don't I? Yes, you do. You'll, you'll do fine. You'll sound like sailing. He, he didn't mention any cowgirls. You know, that's uh, something I try to uh, not do, that is to try to avoid not, uh, uh, not mentioning girls because there were several that were 
well, there was always one in, in every Western. And um, they were kind of, in some areas, window dressing, and others they really had Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he didn't mention Dale. Dale? Dale Evans. He didn't mention her. Oh, Dale, yes, yes. That, that was one of the few that uh, they were married. Uh-huh. And uh, Gene Autry was, uh, had kissed a girl a couple of times. And got a lot of mail about that. That they don't want that cushy stuff. <laughs> okay, well, he's forgiven then. Yeah. That was a fun song, though. Yeah, I'll get you some, some names of some of those other ladies that, that uh, very, you, you said Gail, there was one lady, uh, I think it was Gail Davis, played Annie Oakley on television. Maybe wrong, so let me correct me. Uh huh. There were, there were, not a lot, but they, there were, they were there, and, um, Crushes were on some of them. No, I had a couple that I thought were really cute. But we'll uh, we'll bring you along. You'll you'll catch up. You'll, yeah, my gosh, Harwood is educating me in Southern. He's going to make a Southerner out of me, and you'll make a cowgirl out of me. I'm going to be so well-rounded. I'm going to be the most popular kid in Florida. Oh, absolutely. And I've got uh, a couple of documentaries that maybe would help. Uh, <laughs> Documentaries of what? Well, one's on the, the movie serials, the weekly serials we've talked about. Uh-huh. Well, chapters, and you, you had to come back next week to see what happened. Uh-huh. And the other one is on uh, the, uh, well, he's on Roy Rogers, King of the Cowboys, it's on, in his lifetime. And uh, if, if you can spare the time, I would be glad to use the material for you. Oh, wow, that would be terrific. Okay. Look into that. I, I know exactly where the serial one is. I don't know where Roy's is on the offhand, but I'll get one off to you in the next envelope. Well, how cool. Okay, so I have to hurry up and get the envelope to you. That's right. And there, okay. There will be a pop quiz. <laughs> okay. That sounds fair to me. We'll be ready. That sounds fair. Okay. All right, Nolan. Thanks so much for calling. My pleasure. Happy trails. Happy, Happy trails. Good night. Good night. Bye. Or good morning. Good. And wherever you may be. Depending on where you are in your sleeping routine, it's either good morning or good evening. Good morning. Good morning. Now, I have a question for you. When Roy Rogers would sing, I dreamed I was in cowboy heaven. Right. My brain wanted to put the word hillbilly in there. Isn't there a song, I dreamed I was in hillbilly heaven? I think there might have been. Why don't we Google the Why puppy? Why don't I oh. Google? I'm, I'm Googling. You know, I think I think Al Gore invented the internet just for you and I. <laughs> just for the two <laughs> We need to talk about Martin's website, too. That's true. And he and speaking, he's got a cowboy person on here, uh, Tex, I forget his last name, who sang on the radio as a cowboy who also did a, a motion picture. Wasn't Tex Ritter? No. It's up number right after your low ranger. On the top of the blog. Mm-hmm. Text somebody. Alright, wait a minute. It was a text Ritter song. I dreamed Oh. I dreamed of a hillbilly heaven. You know your cowboy stuff. Oh uh, yes I do. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good song and it was a similar setup where he would go through the list of people who preceded him. I remember I remember when I remember hearing the song, yeah. 
Well, let's see. I've got the lyrics here. Do you really? All right. I dreamed of hillbilly heaven. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Click OK for more details, but it will not allow me out. I have to, I'm sorry, I have to quit. I, I got one of these pop-ups that will cause me nothing but grief. Are you sure you want to? Well, we don't want one of those, bother Patricia. I want to quit. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm sorry. I, I clicked on something, and it looked like a good deal. But, okay, we will try again. Hillbilly heaven. And then I have to look up, oh, we've got Martin's. Hillbilly heaven. Hillbilly heaven. Hillbilly heaven. Um, I want the lyrics, but I don't want a pop-up site. So let's try one more time here. Hillbilly heaven lyrics. Okay. I dreamed I was there. Here comes another one. Gosh darn it. Okay. It's very frustrating when these little windows keep popping up here. Okay. Last night I dreamed I went to hillbilly heaven, and you know who greeted me at the gate? The old cowboy philosopher himself, Will Rogers. He said to me, he said, Tex, the big boss of the riders up here has asked me to kind of show you around. Right over yonder are a couple of your old compadres. My, was I glad to see him. Carson Robbins, Robeson. Carson Robeson. Do you know that one? Nope. That's a new one on me. And the Mississippi older Jimmy Rogers. We know Jimmy Rogers. Right. He introduced me to Wiley Post. Yes, that would be, uh, be the flyer, the guy who flew with uh, Will Rogers. Okay. And he showed me the Hall of Fame with all the gold guitars and fiddles hanging on the walls. He said, Tex, step over this way. There are two more of your friends I know you'll want to see. They're waiting for you. And there they were, standing side by side and smiling at me, Hank Williams and Johnny Horton. I met all the stars in Hillbilly Heaven. Um, who else was in the Will called it the Big Tally Book. What did what was it called in the the cowboy song here? Uh Remember? No, I do not. Okay, I'll have to look that one up later. <laughs> <clears throat> I asked uh, see this is this follows the same it's the same pattern. Oh it is. It said then I asked who else he expected within the next, say, a hundred years. He handed me a large book covered with stardust. That, that was with the Cowboys, too. Uh, Will called it the Big Tally Book, and there were many names. Each was branded in pure gold. I uh, began to read some of them. Red Foley, Ernest Tubb, Gene Autry, Roy Acuff, Eddie Arnold, Tennessee Ernie, Eddie Dean, Andy Griffith, Roy Rogers, Tex Ritter. What? Tex Ritter? <laughs> and then I woke up, and I'm sorry I did. Because I dreamed I was there in Hillbilly Heaven. This is, this is an absolute partner to the cowboy. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same author that wrote, uh, wrote both songs. Well, let's see here. We need author. <laughs> I'm, I want to know the year it was. Lily Heaven. Oh, well, um, I'll have to put that for next week. 
sounds good to me. I have to put that for next week. Sounds good to me. Yeah. And I'll keep Martin's site for next week. Okay. Talk about it to a larger group. Absolutely. And we will have trivia next week. Good. This is good. It's 5.30. Do you want to play a show? Or do you want to disappear? Up to you, my dear. Well, let me save the show. The Alrighty. The and Molly show for next week. Okay. It really is a fun and special show. So I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about it. All right. And I'll have some questions for it later. Okay. So should we play our little music and, and you and I can run off the bed? We can play our little music. It is 5.30 Eastern Time. And it's always impossible for me to understand how a night can go so quickly. Okay, well, what friends we love. With good family, good friends, having a good time, and I did have a good time. I always do with you. You're lovable. You're adorable. What happened to our music? Come on, music. Here is our music. Good night, everybody. Have a safe week. Have a good week, and we'll be here next week. A little bit late, but we'll be here. You bet. Good night, Walden. We run the theme here. Why don't we see what happened? Boy, when we say good night, the whole world says good night. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get the music to run on this thing. Huh. That's weird. May I turn off the CD player? For the gang who is still listening with us, we really are going to be late next week, correct? Correct. <laughs> I'll just sit here and talk. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? She said to me, Kay said, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Kay said, I said, what will be, will be. When I grew up and fell in love, I asked my sweetheart, what lies ahead? Sweetheart said, said whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Quesera, será. What will be, will be. Now I have children of my own. They ask their mother, what will I be? Será, será, what will be, will be.
Molly did a series of uh, three or four or five minute uh, vignettes on Monitor, and 